Hi, Craig. Hi, Craig. We are now recording. Hi, Craig. He's recording. But usually in the podcast, yeah. usually yeah, he recording. says he's recording. Okay. Mm-hmm. It always just messages whoever adds him, oh, so I is. get a message uh, every time. Okay. But okay. anybody can add him, by the way. I just happen to have done it the last couple times. <laughs> you just happen to know the right sequence of things to type. Yeah, Mooney. So I'm the I'm the owner of the server, so I have all the power, essentially. Oh dear. <laughs> God help us all, then. (laughs) You could also assign powers to other people, but... Hey, now, I actually know what I'm doing. I have a degree in this shit. It's true. Cat's good for it. Besides, the little crown just looks cute. Yep. As I say, fake it until you make it. (laughs) So I hear people have stories. Yeah, I have. I have hysterical one for you guys. Okay. A couple weekends ago, Alric had, uh, I think there was at least about eight buddies. They go down into the woods to play airsoft, which is Mm -hmm. just, they're playing war, pretty much. And they they shoot each other with little tiny BBs. So they're having fun. They're in the woods. They're having a great time while it starts to rain. So they play, they play for, they're playing for a while and and having a good time. And they all co- they all come up. I'm like, all right, guys, I'm gonna go get you some pizza. And I hear Alark goes, okay, we're gonna use the dryer. Didn't think anything of it. So I go get pizza. Oh, no. Come back. I have eight boy. I have eight boys in underwear and in towels. And the first <laughs> thing I thought of was like, is there any one of them named Charlie? <laughs> of course you did. Was there? No. Oh dear. Dang. <laughs> then when I, because I see them, I take a little step back. I'm like, oh my god, there's a bunch of men in my house in towels, and I'm thinking, this is disgusting because they're all my son's age. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just started just howling because it was just so unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, I was mean, waiting for you to say that they, you know, that they dumped all their muddy clothes in the dryer without washing them, and that your dryer was ruined. Well, they, yeah, me too. Boys they and much, is better. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it wasn't my dryer, so I wasn't going to say anything. But, <laughs> but, <no. laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> but no, it was just the funniest. They weren't caked in mud. Luckily, they were all just completely soaked. So. So they all stuck their uh, all their clothes in the dryer, and I just came in, and, and I go through my front door, and I just see, like I said, a bunch of guys and ta- they're walking around in towels and everything. And I'm like, oh my god, it was hysterical. <laughs> and then from from what I understand, Christian goes, yeah, they just started stripping right in the middle of the driveway. And hmm. they're boys; they don't care. Well, three, uh, at least four of them are wrestlers. And if you don't know anything about wrestling, you have to weigh in a certain weight class for each, for certain things. And so before you wrestle and there are times when you're over a little bit. And so worst case, worst case, you weigh in buck naked. So (laughs) these boys are like, they're like, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. But they if, don't care. Yeah, well, I was kind of glad I didn't at least get to see that. They at least put some modesty, at least for my sake, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I don't want to see that. 
No, but it was no. It, but yeah, that was the first thing because I saw a bunch of I saw towels and I'm like, I'm tr- I'm going through the names. I'm like, oh, no one's named Charlie, I think. No, no, no one's name because I'm going through the list of names of who was there. I'm like, there's Evan, there's Matt, there's Carson, <laughs> there's Keith. I'm like, mm, no, 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 Charlie. So what I'm getting out of this story, Trisha, is that Ulrich needs to make a friend named Charlie. No, because then it's going to ruin Charlie in a towel for me because Charlie's always been older. Oh, all right. And then I won't feel dirty. Trisha needs to find a friend (laughs) (laughs) named Charlie. Yeah. Or you need to find a friend named Charlie. Yeah, I think I do need to find a friend named Charlie. There you go. I don't know any Charlies now that I think about it. Tell you the truth, neither do I. Well, the only Charlie that I know was a guy that I... He was with my neighbor growing up, and I mean, he, he can, he's as old as my dad, so no, that's not going to happen either. And now I'm going to think about that. Now it's ruining Charlie in a towel for me now. Oh. Poor Trisha. Yeah. Hi, Charlie. Well, send him to Trisha's house. No, the, only, the only Charlie that I know of is a girl. Mm-hmm. I, know, I know a Charlie who's back home in Chicago. I had a massive crush on him in, in high school, and then uh, he's uh, an EMT, hey. so he was the one who carried uh, me up and down stairs at my brother's wedding. Well, tell you the truth, Kat, he's probably too young for me anyhow. <laughs> you so. can be a cougar. <laughs> no. I mean, how, how young do you think I am? You're... Young enough, I could have been. You're, you're going to be thirty in two years. Isn't that what you said last podcast or two podcasts ago? Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> no. No. Then I'm how? Older than that. Yeah. I, he's. You're only a year younger than me, right? Yeah. He's thirty-two. Okay. Yeah. That's this. That's yeah. The, the, there's a considerable age difference. Okay. <laughs> some, some people that bothers others. It doesn't. I'm just you know. I he's married, so that's not gonna happen anyway. Well, yeah, okay. Then that's another different aspect of it. <laughs> I'm Charlie um, the towel just isn't happening in general from right the Charlie now, that I know. But um, I'm just saying I know a Charlie because we were discussing people who know Charlies. Yeah, I don't know any Charlies either. Yeah, I haven't really run into a Charlie lately. So, yeah, well. None of none of those boys were Charlie, so I thank God. Then because we would ruined it for me. That's nice. But they had a great time, and they can't wait to come back again and play in the woods. I was just happy. I was just happy they were playing in the woods, getting exercise, getting exercise, and having having a good time. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And the, yeah. the neighbors. Um, invite their church youth group out to our back pasture or their back pasture that's adjacent to ours mm-hmm. and they paintball war out there oh yeah paintball and paintball they just have ball. a ball oh yeah they were yeah they they were having yeah Ulrich is now in the um, sea cadets which is a junior rotc program and the one kid came from from there and they were talking about it just at their last last drill and he's like okay Mom, their next thing, he's they're planning. He goes, I got a couple more sea cadets coming out. He goes, it's going to be us versus them. <laughs> like, yeah. 
<laughs> I looked at him. I go, that is not fair, you know. He goes, well, there's because there's going to be four of us, and there's going to be at least eight of at least eight of them. He goes, so they outnumber us. I go, Mark, it's still not fair. <laughs> he goes, yeah, I know, but it's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. I just kind of look at him. I'm like, oh, why? Not? I'm like, as long as no one gets hurt. He goes, no, we're all good. And I put one rule. No one shoots anybody in the eye. <laughs> yeah, that's a good rule. Well, they all had, we all had glasses. They all had glasses and masks, though. They were, they were, so they were good. And where they went, it's, it's a good, like, at one point, I mean, we call, we call it the pit because when you, it's, it's like at least almost, a half a mile going straight down. So where they where they played. So coming back up, they they hiked it pretty good. Yeah, that's exercise. Just coming home. Oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah. It's I, I've done that where I I mean I even have to stop and go. <gasps> okay, this sucks. <laughs> All right, let's go. <laughs> All of this is much more physical activity than I generally get. <laughs> Walking across the driveway kills me. Yeah, that's not accessible. Yeah. Mm. Well, that sounds like fun, Trisha. Oh, they had a good time. I won't tell you that I'm going to be trading for a full marathon again soon. Oh, my God. Oh, you're a crazy lady. I know. My cousins are running Grandma's Marathon this year, apparently, which is like... I don't know, a half a marathon or something? I forget exactly. Okay, that's thir- a half a marathon is 13.1 miles. Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. Do they dress up like Grandma? Years, you'll, you'll come out here I don't know why it's called Grandma's Marathon. I think I've heard of that. I heard it's a lot. The I think... or, or the Grandma's Marathon? The Grandma's Marathon. You told me about the Hood of Coast. I would love to do that, but I can't get a team for that. No one's willing to do that. Uh, they say I'm too crazy for that one. <laughs> one of the authors I know on Facebook does open water swimming and like swims out to Alcatraz and stuff and yeah she's... oh my that's cold too it sounds mm-hmm. terrifying yeah that scares me finds it invigorating though so well I mean I've done the, pl- the sharks etc oh let oh, me put another element on there I didn't <laughs> think of Whoa. Yeah, I, no. it, the the lady that I know that swims like that, she, the sharks were concerned, but not so bad. And the, it was the jellyfish that thwarted her every time. It's, yeah, it's the, it's the really? jellyfish oh. that are the issue. Oh. Well, actually, this lady is now, they've just finalized things to move to Florida. And she's like, I'm going to have to get used to swimming in warmer water. It's a, It'll be weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I did a polar pl- I did a polar bear plunge once. Oh my god! Mm. Yeah. My dad has well, done that, and my, one of my coworkers at the station just did that this past year. Not for me, but uh, they're usually raising money for charity and stuff, so yeah, good for them. Yeah, that's that's what I did it for. And the thing is, you know how I prepared for it? I worked with a man who is who was Canadian, and he, he comes up to me, he goes. You've done a polar bear plunge. I'm like, no, this will be my first one. I go, have you? He goes, yes. I go, oh, from Canada. What's it like? He goes, well, once we cut through the ice, I go, you cut through the ice to get in? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's how dad's went. <laughs> and I went, okay, I'm in the river, and I went into the Mahanga, Mahangahela River. We call it, we just call it the Mon. 
and because it goes into the um, Ohio River. Mm. And and I'm like, at least I don't have to cut through ice. <laughs> he goes, yeah. yeah. He goes, oh yeah. And I go, well, what was it like? He's like, just imagine, just like thousands of knives stabbing you at one time. And I'm thinking, so I had the worst possible thought of going in. I'm like, okay, I'm expecting the worst. It's, and when I jumped in, I'm like, this was it. <laughs> yeah, that's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, because I'm, I mean, I was back then the worst and it really, I mean, yeah, it was still below freezing and there was some ice chunks going down, but at least, at least I didn't have to break through the ice. Yeah. Yeah. The one they did here was just a really big, like, um, waiting pool, basically. Like they had a, a uh, it was big enough for, I think, six or seven people to get in, but then they just filled it with like ice like literal ice cubes oh. and water and then okay. people got it yeah yeah i've gotten so ice baths and so it's Alexander? not oh someone's in trouble okay. oh that's one that he i want to do just, he has just crawled into my arms in front of me and the computer now he's going to my headphones alex <laughs> go away Hi, Alex. This is why I don't have cats. So, Trisha, this one's for you because I don't run anymore. I do hand cycling because mm-hmm. that's what you do when you're – it's the adaptive form of running. Yeah, I know. It's yeah, for – I'm just explaining the podcast. hand cycling? It's basically like biking with your – you don't move the pedals with your feet. You move it with your hands. Right. Are you, like, lying on the bicycle? You're, like, lying down, basically. You kind of uh, like some okay. of them. Some of them are like really lying down, and others are like are, are more like a sit, sitting up. Sometimes yeah, it kind of looks like a big, yeah, it kind of oh, looks yeah. like a, a three wheeler, like a, you know the big wheels almost. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like that, but yeah. So this one is it's four hundred and sixty four miles. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not in, insane. In seven days. Wow. My dad did. You know what? No, my dad did that. Uh, my dad did um, that Ride the during... Rockies? No, it was in Ohio. It was it, 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 um, I can't rem- I can't remember. It was um, Pedal Ohio. He he did, and okay. yeah, he, he camp- They camped out like he had a tent and everything, and it was like five days, and it was I don't know a, a lot of freaking miles. So so yeah, yeah, he did something like that. Yeah, he loved he loved it. He was. He had a good. He I had a that. good time doing. Well, I mean, yeah. I I start with like you know half marathoning and and such, but mm-hmm. yeah, my dad like did that. Yeah, it's, he loved it. He thought it was. He thought it was great, great fun. But yeah, I see the recumbent. Um, a lot of the bigger races ha- ha- I'm have those. You um, uh oh, I'm losing Trisha. Am I here? No, I'm here. Yeah, you, you are now. It, it it cut out for a little bit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just when you were talking about the recumbent bicycles, we lost half the word. Recumbent. Oh, okay. It could be me not pronouncing it correctly either because I can't pronounce and crap. Recumbent, no, but you're cutting out. Too. Recumbent is different than uh, handbike, also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might cool. get a recumbent because it's the only kind of bike, except for a tricycle, that I can probably ride. <laughs> well, the last time I rode a bike, I was 12 and crashed into a tree, and that was. That. Oh, I can mm-hmm. understand that. Yeah, I'd I, I was like, no, no, not doing this again. <laughs> I remember flipping my bike when I was little. I remember crashing often until <laughs> I got used to it. My trouble oh. is that my um, my feet don't sit straight. So, like, when I 
got onto a bicycle in order to have my feet stay on the um, on the pedals. We had to have like a, a strap or a little socket system for my foot to go in. And then the inside uh-huh. of my heel would still like hit the the bar as I went around because that's you know, feeder that's, that's why you hand cycle, Scott. Yeah, might have to look into it. The last time we had my bike out, the teenage handy kid uh, took it out for a spin, and the Rottweiler that we used to have felt that that was not safe. Grabbed the bike by the back tire, drug it backwards 20 feet, and then ripped the tire off the bike so he couldn't ride it anymore because he was not being safe. (laughs) Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah, Boris was like, nah, you are not doing this. Wow. (laughs) Had some definite opinions, that Rottweiler. Yeah, he did. Speaking uh, of, of definite opinions, we should probably get started, guys. Yeah. Might be a good idea. Shusha, are you going to stay today, or am I the only one who's going to complain about this? I'll stay with you as far as long as I stay up. Moody hasn't really been complaining all that much. I was reading the other story because I think you guys were done. No, we didn't. We we had to do one. It it just took longer than we thought. Okay. As per usual. Yeah. Okay. I, we got way late. I was trying to explain some things to Mooney, and it took longer. Yeah, one of the episodes took longer than me thought. Hmm. Okay. Um. I'll. I'll. I'll be supporting you, Mooney. All right. <laughs> All right. I'll be. we We should be starting this episode on chapter twenty-eight, but we should probably start the podcast first. Welcome to season nine of Powderfick Willow. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start quickly and try to stay on topic. Well, it's because they won't let me have an excessive repair with Snake and it pisses me off. Sex and snorkax. We can't rock it like we used to. <laughs> Most of us are going to bring a hit. I swear, yeah. I read them for the stories. <laughs> Wait, so they've turned Snape into the chef from The Little Mermaid? You just can't say that to the Dark Lord. <laughs> but I digress. Us digress? Never. <laughs> no! Never, never. Chickens with Sue Hour. <laughs> My mom went to Hawaii and all she brought me was a stupid chicken. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it just... <laughs> yeah, it's called... <laughs> hey, I just snort. We are... Good night, guys. I'm already falling asleep. I think I did at one point. Mr. Potter, what are you doing at the Wizengamot? Yeah. Holy shit, did I fall asleep through the whole fucking thing almost? Apparently. <laughs> that is going in an intro too, please. Where the hosts are all our friends Somehow the tangents seem to blend Come on our journey round the bend Artific Weekly Where the story lands Welcome to Potterfic Weekly, the flagship of the Potterfic Weekly family of podcasts. I'm Sue. I'm Scott. I'm Kat. I'm I'm Trisha. And I'm Mooney. (laughs) Crickets, crickets, crickets. Yay for editing. (laughs) And we are... We didn't do badly. No, you guys did just fine. We are (laughs) finishing out realizations tonight. Uh, 
We're going to find out what happens to Harry now that people know that he's missing, but he really isn't, and that he's never been sick before. I think we touched on that before, or he's rarely sick, and that the trace that's supposed to be on him uh, has sort of been canceled until a new guardian can be found. So So he he gets sick, but he sleeps deeply for a night, and then he's better. Yeah. Which calls calls back to the very beginning of the fic, when Tom, uh, when Harry came into the leaky cauldron soaked, and Tom thought Harry was getting sick, so just kind of shuffled him off to bed. And then Harry woke in the morning, you know, mid-morning, and he was fine. Yep. Harry's got some spooky, mysterious healing powers that we get into more. In these. Does he glow at night while he's healing himself? <laughs> no. That would well, be fun, but not knows. so far as we see. That would be awesome, but no. Apparently uh, not. Something Harry else Potter, is going human glowworm. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would definitely call back to Harry Potter the Firefly. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so we're on Sunday, July 23rd, 1995, and Arthur is floating How into Dumbledore's office. How many and finds it's been it's been three weeks. Yeah. Okay. It's the story started on July first. July first. Yeah. So it's been okay. twenty two days. Because uh, end of end of term is um is July, is J- June thirtieth. So you only get two months of break, eight weeks. That's so sad. Well, it's actually pretty common for boarding schools to have shorter summer terms. I suppose. Oh man, that'd be awesome. <laughs> trying to get rid of your kid oh i'm getting rid of him for seven weeks this this summer (laughs) (laughs) sue you'll be you'll be very proud of him yeah he's gonna be a camp counselor oh good for him that's great (laughs) what kind of camp um it is a ymca camp nice oh that's cool oh yeah so he's gonna corrupt 10 11 year olds (laughs) yay corruption knowing your son he probably will Oh yeah. yeah! Oh yeah! I'm just kind of looking at him. I'm like, <sighs> I'm like, how are you going to corrupt? Yeah, he's like, he goes, he, well, he's telling me he needs to, ha- he needs, he's, he's, he goes, I am becoming. He goes, I'm going to have my own lacrosse team at the end of the summer. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'll be fun for him. I can't wait to hear your stories for that one. Oh. So, in the fic, Arthur wants a word with Dumbledore. Yep. And he discovers that, let's see, Remus, Sirius, Minerva, and Phileas are all in Dumbledore's office already. Yep. And he's like, dun, dun, dun. not sure if this is a bad time, but Dumbledore says, no, no, we just finished what we were talking about, so come through. And he tells them about going to the Leaky Cauldron and spotting this young man who looks somewhat like Harry, but is obviously not Harry. He has no scar, and he has brown eyes, and... His hair looks different, and he's taller. And he and has he was he has going contacts to go and not talk to them in uh, talk to him in Diagon Alley later, but he couldn't find him again because in the last chapter, Tom's told Harry to go out as if you're going to Diagon Alley, then come in the back entrance and go up to your room. Mm-hmm. How did Harry end up getting himself taller? I don't remember. He grew like teenagers grow, Mooney. It's been three That's weeks true. and he's That's had actual true. meals. No, I, I wasn't thinking of it in terms of he's growing. I was thinking of it in terms of like he deliberately made himself no, taller. No, no, it's just that he's actually been you know working and filled out and grew a little bit and 
it would have been. See, this is coming from somebody who's been the same size since I was 11. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How about this? As now having a teenager finally growing, my son in like three, less than three months grew almost five inches. Wow. Oh, yeah. wouldn't that be nice? So, so it's not out of the realm of possibility that now that Harry has this is true. food in the summer, you know, will, would grow. Um, but yeah, so they go over the fact that, like, you know, this kid's name is Jim Patterson. That's suspicious. <laughs> These guys are all daft. Everybody calls him Sparky. He says he's a Hogwarts student, but there's no record of anybody remembering him as a Hogwarts student. <laughs> oh my god, you people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his so last name is Patterson? Is Patterson. Jim uh, Patterson. He, so this is the thing. Twilight. This is, this is, well, I, it was more of like Potter Patterson type thing. Oh, um, yeah. for, for, for me, you know, yes, these people are being stupid. But in general, people are stupid. Like, they don't think about, like, oh, this kid named Jim Patterson who looks sort of like Harry must be Harry. Because the the alley is full of wizards, and they've done, like, Finite Incantatum, and they've, 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 you know, all of them have initially thought he was Harry Potter, and after weeks and, you know, of, of them exploring this, they can't, you know, find Harry and the, right. the, the subtext of that... And yet they no, don't put the... Cl- so the subtext of that is Harry used muggle means to disguise himself. But wizards right. don't think about muggle means. They don't know about <laughs> color-changing... Color-changing contexts are a new thing at the time this pic takes place. Yeah. Well, yeah. I can't say... I mean, people are stupid. Uh, my yeah. brother um, was living in Georgia for, for, for a while. Um... My brother looks a lot like, uh, if anybody does American football and lives in Pittsburgh, you know who Ben Roethlisberger is. Mm-hmm. My brother looks a lot like Ben Roethlisberger, but Ben Roethlisberger is six foot four. My mm-hmm. brother is only five foot eleven. My brother would go to um, George, um, go to like baseball games down in Georgia, um, and they would go so often they kind of had they would see the same, not the same people, but they would see people they kind of recognize, but you don't know them. Well, they right. thought he was, they thought he was Ben Roethlisberger, so didn't start throwing footballs at him. Oh, no. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. So, I mean, like people are stupid in so. Hollywood. People, you know, you you find on the internet people taking um, selfies with random strangers, thinking that they're you know some Hollywood star all the time. It happens all the time that stuff like mm-hmm. this happens. So, well, yeah. Trisha wouldn't no. know a thing about that, wouldn't you, Trisha? You wouldn't know anything about going up to a guy in the bar and saying, hey, you look like Snape. And asking <laughs> them to kiss you. I don't know. And asking them to kiss you. No, you but wouldn't. No, know. but you didn't think it was um, Alan Rickman? Alan oh, no, Rickman. Yeah. No, no but so I'm saying, <laughs> legitimately, people, like, people, you know, grab people, like, random strangers off the street thinking that there's some star, like, some star would be just walking down the street without any, anyone else. I mean, some people do, but, like, you know. It happens. Yeah. Well, yeah. People are people. You're going to see celebrities in the grocery store sometimes if you happen to be where they shop. But, but it's it's more often that you're grabbing some guy that isn't who you think they are. Yeah. Or or there's the reverse of it where the uh 
the guy from Critical Role that Scott and I watch, he's a really big guy. And he's driving down the road and he sees somebody in a Critical Role hoodie and he looks at his clock and he's like, ooh, I'm early for work. Pulls a U-turn, slams on his brakes, jumps out, runs at this poor, I think it was a woman. Oh, my God. Says, I love your shirt and freaked her out. And then went, oh, my goodness, I just scared the crap out of this girl. And sort of hung his head and went back and got in his car. And he said he was so excited he didn't even remember to put the car in park. So the car starting to, like, roll oh away. Oh, my God. <laughs> Is and he related to Jen? Maybe. <laughs> And then she started, and he, you know, he was sitting in the car just feeling really bad. And, and she came and knocked on the window and went, I like your show. And then took off. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. just really glad it was actually her. It's like, what if this woman, like, borrowed her roommate's hoodie and has no idea who this guy even is? Well, so, the, from my perspective, you know, and, and I think Mooney and Trisha and Sue can agree with me, you know, you're a woman walking down the street not remembering what hoodie you have on and some like huge guy is barreling at you. That's terrifying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You don't recognize like your, your first initial thought is, is not going to be, it's a famous person. Your first initial thought is, Oh my God, I'm going to (laughs) die. Yeah. So he was really sad about it. It's like, (laughs) I should have thought this through. Yeah. Come out calmly and like waved maybe. He was you just know, so excited. It was cute. Yeah. Well, I, I met Joe Magnelli. Yeah. Yeah. He's from Pittsburgh. He's from Pittsburgh. And I go and I just wa- walked right by him. He said, hi. I'm like, hi. And I'm just getting, th- I had, I mean, honestly, I ended up being 10 feet away from him. Stop. I went, turned around and went, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. And it just didn't. It just didn't dawn on me who it was. And I'm like, I just texted my girlfriend. I go, um, I just saw Joe Magnelli. They're like, turn around and get a picture. I'm like, I can't. I'm afraid because I didn't recognize him when I passed him and said hi. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, my, my point is essentially like, you know, all these people thought it was Harry, like, you know, investigated it to the extent that, you know, magic investigates these things. And it's not hairy from what they can see because he still has brown eyes. You know, he doesn't have a scar. And that's all people know about Harry Potter is he has brown eyes, black hair, and a scar. So a kid with brown eyes, eyes. or sorry, green eyes, black hair, and a scar. So a kid with brown eyes, black hair, and no scar, and no magic to speak of hiding such things. Um, you know, he's a good enough actor to not go, oh crap, they found me out whenever this happens. Isn't it? isn't Harry Potter. And after, you know, three weeks, he has a reputation because he's been all over the alley working odd jobs for every single shop owner in Diagon Alley. So, And that's the other thing. Everybody's like, Harry Potter wouldn't stock shelves. He doesn't work medial jobs. Why would this be Harry Potter? And also people who think that it's Harry Potter will start to say something. And then somebody who knows who's in the know that that's Jim and not Harry will stop them. Right. So, like, it's although it's, on the other hand, it's a really sad commentary on the fact that Ron and Hermione haven't picked up on the fact that he wants to be anonymous and aren't like you know. That's a whole other. Th- I mean, I I think it's very canon for them to not realize what's going on. Well, sure. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. Is it's really sad that they don't. Yeah. No, it's very. It's. I mean, 
Harry throughout canon really kind of had the sad life where like, you know, he was only recognized for his fame and beyond that, like even his closest friends didn't really know him. Ron. Especially Ron. But like, you know, Hermione was so obsessed with proving that she belonged in the wizarding world and Ron was so obsessed with being recognized for anything Harry was kind of very much alone until, you know, you got fifth and sixth year when Luna and Neville, like, you know, who I think were really, truly the the people. If Luna or Neville were in the alley, they'd be like, that's Harry. Oh, God, oh, yeah. Luna, Luna would have known him like that. <laughs> Luna would have come up and said something like, oh, the flubber noggle, what's it's changed your eye color so you could be in the, you know. She would exactly. So, so there are certain characters, if they had been in this fic and not recognized the fact that that's Harry Potter, I would have I would immediately called this fic out and said that's bullshit. You but know what? That, what? Did, didn't Luna recognize him in canon too? At the yes. wedding. Yes. At the wedding. Yes. At the wedding. yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she might have her specter specs on. Yeah. Luna. Luna. Luna knows Harry, and so does Neville. Right. Mm. I would expect that to be like. Chapter 40 of this fic, if if it got that far. Yeah. It's like, Luno drops by. It's like, oh, hey, Harry. And just keeps going. Everybody's like, yeah, just keep oh, walking. that's Jim. Oh, no, that's Harry. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's going, okay, Luna, you're crazy, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it's, it's uh, I mean, Ron and Hermione are just like, well, it sort of looks like Harry. But it could be, you know, it could be somebody else. You don't know everybody mm-hmm. in the wizarding world. It could be going and to a different And they've seen him with his family who also has similar hair, and they think, oh, this is his family. So yeah. it's obviously not Harry. You know. mm-hmm. They were dropping him off for work. You know, he mm-hmm. has sisters. Like, you know, this is not what, you know, Harry's home life is. He's happy. Like. <laughs> and that. Also very, very sad yes. that they're like, this is completely different from his home life, and they're not like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so it's basically... been very well set up for people to not get it, because, like, Molly was sure that he'd gone home with Uncle Vernon because Harry himself told her, oh, that's Uncle Vernon over there. And, you know. Right. It was, it was, it's, it's very um, believable that there would be this much doubt between Jim and Harry. Um, and so because there's so much doubt, they decided to send Minerva McGonagall to go investigate. In Finally. her cat form. In her cat form. Because <laughs> so, she's another one who can figure that. stuff out. Yes. Yeah, she'll, she'll recognize him if she can find him. And we turn on to Tuesday, July 25th, and Harry has got his arm stretched as far into well, Mrs. Big's box as he possibly can, he thinks. And I'm, I'm going to preface this with Harry is dreaming currently. I was yes. so confused. <laughs> he's having a nightmare. So he's. I, I was going to say that in a minute. I was just. Because you don't know that at the beginning yeah, of this. You don't. But I wanted to, like, because this is a, a, a podcast and a review, like. It was not exactly the the author wanted it to be vague that he was dreaming, but he was dreaming, and you know that because the second that the blanket turns into her mic, <laughs> mm-hmm. I was half asleep reading this because it was late, and I'm just like, 
I need to stop reading because nothing is making any sense <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah. I will come and pick so, this up in the morning. So, but in this dream is one of the like it, it's the very sad um, thing that it seems like every fanfic author loves to put in a Harry Potter fanfic about Harry's sad life, um, mm. and he is commentating on he's trying to pull out this like fluffy thing. It feels like warm taffy. And he's wondering if it's a stuffed toy because he never had one at the Dursleys. And he's wondering if magical children had stuffed bears. Right. And it's just, and, and instead he pulls out uh, Kirksinx. <laughs> <laughs> Who starts talking? Who starts talking? <laughs> yep. Yeah. And then turns talk. into a Chudley Cadden's blanket because why not? And, and underneath then, said blanket is Hermione. <laughs> Who, yeah. who uh, immobilizes him Patricius. and Tertullus. Um and he's with Ron. She's with Ron, and um, instead of letting him explain what's going on, they basically kidnap him, and then he wakes up. Yeah. My God, what did he have to eat before he went to bed? I don't know, but it gave him some good nightmares. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then he's basically then- worried about the Wizarding World coming to grab him and take him back to the Dursleys some more, well, but in nightmare all, form. I think it's also he's worried about not being Jim anymore and, and starting to be her- having to start be Harry again during the, the year because he really likes being Jim. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but um, he feels someone uh, touching him in like just stroking his, his forehead. Um, and there's a voice saying, relax, we've got you. Um, and so he realizes that the fingers are very, very cold and his scar is burning. Um, and then it, it, um, transforms into a horrible nightmare where it's a repeat of the graveyard, except instead of, um, Voldemort being reborn, um, it's Becky being sacrificed. Yeah. And Voldemort's killing all the people that he's come to, you know. Love. No, in love now. So Steve and Jen and Kitty are dead. And then he wakes up. Oh, yes. He doesn't actually see Tom killed. It's that he's tied to uh, Tom, the innkeeper's gravestone, instead of Tom Riddle Sr.'s gravestone. Yep. But then he, he wakes up. And, yeah, it was a nightmare. He realizes. And then he's apparently been having these dreams ever since he talked to Tom about, you know, coming clean to people. Right. He's got a little time before he has to get up, so he eases back down, and he's, you know, just thinking about what happened. And then Patches comes in and gives him a little love, because that's what she's good at. And he's kind of nauseous, and he's a little worried she's going to walk on his belly. Um, but he very wisely um, instead rubs his cheek. He, he she, Patches avoids the belly. Yeah. Because he's been feeling a little off, and he's not sure whether he can really call it ill, because it's just vaguely annoying. And there's some sort of, he's not sure, because it nerves, some sort of stress reaction, or what exactly. Um, there's but, a lot, and he, he recognizes the fact that there's a lot going on that could trigger, you know, stress reactions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, he's thinking about Janet. He's thinking, maybe I should just drop by and take him some pumpkin juice. Yeah, that's it. And that way I have an excuse to stop by. Yeah, and he's going to go get him a drink because his throat's a little scratchy. 
And but as he, you know, gets up, Hedwig is coming through the window and apparently bringing something to him. And he's briefly worried that it's going to be some gutted rat or something, because that would be unfortunate in this situation. But it turns out she's carrying Pig, <laughs> who is not looking too good himself. No. Nope. And he's, oh, he's been out probably trying to find Harry, but can't because of... The, he's hidden now, and so he's been flying around, flying around, flying around in circles until he's just exhausted. Yeah. And so Hedwig scoops him up and brings him, yeah. brings him in. And it's a letter from Ron and Hermione, literally. Starts with Ron, and then Hermione steals it and writes a paragraph, and then Ron writes some more, and etc. Oh my god, how many times so have I seen that? They're yelling at him. Well, Ron is yelling him at him because, you know... They know, based uh, they're establishing the Harry now. They know that Harry is not with the Dursleys. Mm-hmm. It's about bloody time. <laughs> uh, and uh, <laughs> Hermione is trying to be like fairly irrational with him, but yeah, she's also really well. So that she's also also really curious because you know. According to her, he's found a way to negate tracking magic, <laughs> and it's, he doesn't realize his body's doing it, or or something yeah. else is doing it. Yeah, and he's you know he's yeah she's he's telling he's, him how worried Sirius is. He's been meaning to write to his godfather and try to explain, but he doesn't want to make it worse, so he's just not sure what to do. Oh, yeah, just put your head in the sand. Don't worry. He doesn't want to go to the headmaster because he doesn't really want to be, like, coaxed with tea and lemon drops. Um, And that just makes him queasy. So he decides the best thing to do is to write to Sirius. And so basically, without telling him details of where he is or anything, he gives him the entire story of what went down, why, why, you know, why he's hiding. Um... (laughs) And he kind of like pa- like pauses from time to time because he's trying to figure out a way to say things without really, re- you know, implicating anybody or, you know, he's also trying to figure out like how he feels, essentially. Right. And so he says, you know, Tom was great. I wasn't feeling very well. I looked a wreck, but Tom let me in. And I figured I'd just spend the night and owl somebody in the morning and then... Um, I, you know, he woke up and he just didn't need to owl anybody and he's found this job and things are great. And I don't want to worry anybody. Leave me alone. But not quite that way. And he, like, he he tries to kind of come out and explain um, about the whole fact that the Dursleys, because they still haven't really established that the Dursleys have been abusing him this in, his entire life. Um, that... That fact has not reached the adults yet. And so he almost, like... No? Did, weren't they looking through his memories or something? Yeah, they, they've oh, they, seen they, it now. They, they, so Dumbledore has seen it. They haven't... We haven't gotten to the chapter where... He doesn't know that it, it's not been, like, written down. Like, we know that the Dursleys abused you. Um, mm. And so, you know, he's basically... And this is the heartbreaking thing of the letter was, like, you know... Was the sentence "I'm happy here" and then it's just like, "Oh my God, Harry!" <laughs> and it's just like the the sentence of "I've never been happy." Like, leave me alone, please. 
And then he sends a letter off to Harry. And then we go to the next chapter, which is the appointment with the minister. Oh, yay. Oh, yay. (laughs) Yep. Some things go down. We find Sirius. um, Glaring at a mirror. (laughs) And debating the seven years of bad luck. um, Yeah. Because, unknown to Harry, they now know that, you know, from the house's memories, that exa- not, you know, they know exact, like, details of what went down. Because right. it's one thing to know, like, you know, someone abused a kid, but to know detail, like, to, to witness it is, like, a whole other thing. And Sirius is kicking himself because Harry always claimed that his family hated him and no one took him seriously. Everyone was like, oh, adolescent angst, pat, pat. You're okay. You'll be okay. That's oh, just like, well, I mean, which is very true to reality. That's exactly what happens when a teenager says, I hate my family. My family hates me. Blah, blah, blah. Teenage angst. Mm-hmm. No, no, this is completely different kind of hatred. Well, and Albus, Albus is like, you know, information has come to light that I think that you should know. And, uh, yeah. And and everyone's like, oh, he's you you found him? You know, is he here? And she's like, uh no. This is completely worse news. <laughs> yeah. And they've basically discovered that the reason Harry's magic has been so inconsistent through the school year is that he's spending forty percent of it on healing himself automatically. Never would have thought of that. So he's been yeah, he's been healing himself. From mal- malnutrition he's received from the Dursleys for most of the year. And then that comes down, and during the peak of the year, he's able to operate normally. Um, and then, you know, <laughs> he has to, like, go back. Whenever he, like, runs into danger, he basically goes back down to, like, you know, 40% again. Mm-hmm. Or he falls off you a know. broom, or there are dementors, or what or have you. A, or there's a dragon, <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dragons. Mm-hmm. And they go back to a specific memory that is the, the first time he was majorly injured at the Dursleys. And, but after they, whoever the, you know, bureaucrat at the ministry was had muted his folder and the Dursleys yeah. are like, mm-hmm. oh no, the wizards are going to show up at any moment. And then they don't. And they're like, what do we do now? And just sort of, tie his arm up a little bit and leave him in a room. And then in the morning, he's fine. So like, yeah, Vernon, Vernon breaks him, his arm, dragging him down the stairs. And, yeah. um, basically just, he like leaves them in the cupboard under the stairs. And like the, it's like one of those like compound fractures that like the bones picking, uh, poking out. Oh. Mm-hmm. So it's bad. because he's been practicing magic around Dudley. Because he's discovered yeah. I, the reason that like Dudley will stop picking on him like if this. he makes the toys dance. And, right. Yeah. So what what were you saying, Lenny? This is the first time I've ever read something like this where Dudley knows that Harry has magic. Well, you know, so he's I obviously think, forgotten. Yeah. It, but that they can that he's been doing this, and then you know everything else happens, and then you know I'm sure Dudley must have been like, oh. Oh, you know, something like that, that sort of... Well, I've read one before where um, they're in cribs next to each other and Dudley's screaming because he's hungry. 
and Harry floats his own bottle over yeah. to feed Dudley. Like and then Petunia catches him and freaks out because he's doing magic. You know, let alone the fact that he's giving his own food to his cousin, doing something nice. Oh, no, we don't focus on that. We focus on, oh, God, he's doing magic. We must break his spirit. Yeah. So, yeah, this is. No, it's kind of more like he's just doing it to get some right. peace. Yeah. Shut that kid up. So he, mm-hmm. he's Harry's playing a game that um James and uh Ringness and Sirius and Lily used to play with him, which is um basically they would levitate a number of objects and Harry is doing it wandlessly and silently. Mm-hmm. And he's himself. got a bunch. He's got like yeah. twenty four objects up in the air, which is a huge accomplishment. And, and then he picks his cousin up. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> and that's when uh Petunia and Vernon pop in, surprises Harry, Dudley bumps his head just a little bit, and they break his arm. Yeah. Accidentally, like they're not intending to. Right. They, like, basically, it's kind of like like, you grab the child, except Vernon doesn't realize that you don't grab a three-year-old that hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, there's also, what what is, what's it called? Like the shaken um, baby. Some kids have. Like the shaken baby, is that what you're thinking of? No, 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 no. Um, you can dislocate, uh, especially kids' little mm-hmm. elbow and stuff. Oh, that's oh I can't remember what that's called. But I mean, it's not that you purposely no, do no, it, no. but it, it, it just, it ha- it, I mean, it does happen. Yeah. I've, mm-hmm. I've seen it. Luckily, enough, I've never got to do it, but I've had friends. Well, yeah, that it's like when you're walking with a just... kid between you, and and you lift them up mm-hmm. by their arm and swing them out and drop them down. You know how kids love to do that. Yeah, yeah, great yeah. way to mm-hmm. dislocate an elbow or a shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Used to be something that everybody did, and now you don't do it anymore because we figured out that it's not safe. Yeah. So essentially, you know, Harry, Sirius is lamenting the fact that, you know, Harry lived through, you know, a hell that, you know, no one pictured and never said a word. And he's angry about this. No shit. Well, yeah, we're all angry about it. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's 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 that moment of you know. I think he's feeling not just angry, but I think he's more feeling guilty because you know he went after Peter, and because he went after Peter, this happened. Mm-hmm. Well, well, no, it's more that's, than these- that's hindsight. I mean, he's throwing a pity yes, party for but, himself, but the thing yeah. is, he's also. He's been in Azkaban for but 10 I, years. I, th- I think there's, I mean, I'm not saying he's worthy of the guilt. I'm just saying I think it's natural for Sirius to say, you know, I went after Peter, like, the hot, without thinking it through. Oh. And therefore, Harry was abused for, you know, 10 years. And, you know, yeah. the whole... There's a lot of misplaced guilt complex in Harry yeah. Potter. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so... Flitwick, you know, I think it's very interesting that Flitwick has a moment of, okay, everybody else can be concentrating on the fact that Harry's been abused this entire time, but oh my god, that control. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. He's levitating a dozen objects wanting to sleep. This is amazing. <laughs> and they, uh, you know, they can see how bad the, the fracture is, and Harry's thrown into his closet, and Vernon and Petunia are having this hissy fit because they think they're going to get caught and finally uh, Petunia takes him to the doctor and it turns out that it's only a hairline fracture and Vernon's like but I know, but it's our I know, how then? I haven't the slightest idea. And Do they you think, think that, they came here without yeah. us noticing? 
they came and healed no, his arm they and they didn't break yours. That's not how yeah. it works. Somebody would have had something to say about it. But yeah. And then they're ba- and then basically they justify what has already been established was which was Harry would be given samples of the the quote unquote orphanage by verbally and physically abusing him and making him into their house elf slash slave. Yeah. And they go through more of Harry's past. Dumbledore's selected basically a clip show of uh, things. And of the worst, you know, Harry's ever gone through, which is basically yeah. like, you know, every accidental magic Harry's done. Like for most magic kids and muggle-born kids, like the, their accidental magic thing is like something funny to think about, you know, when you're an adult. And Harry's is just like, you know... Yeah, I was being bullied. I was being abused. You know, there was the the mm. time Ampetunia shaved my head. Like you know, it's 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 all these horrible situations, and I just imagine, yeah. like, you know, the closest to the usual like kooky wacky thing is she was trying to dress me in a horrible looking sweater, and I turned it doll sized. Yeah. Or turning his teacher's hair blue. We never figured out why. We that was mm. never, you know, yeah, established what happened with that. Yeah, and but the description down here sort of made reminded me of Ariana Dumbledore, and after she got attacked by the Muggles, and it's sort of coming out in spurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. it's, he's like, lost all his control but, that he had before. But it's a little bit more controlled, I think, than what we see of Ariana's magic. I, right. Yeah, no, I definitely think that you know he's this very powerful wizard. That, you know, basically, the, it's, I don't think it's in, it, the same as Ariana's. No, no, but. Just because it's not so much that he's lost control, it's that the folder is stopping him from doing magic because the fold, it, it, it's using his own magic to, you know, heal deal him. with, yeah, heal him and do other stuff so he doesn't have the magic that he would normally have access to. Yeah. And then after they do all this stuff, Remus says to Sirius, are you okay? And Sirius is like, yeah. And Remus is like, uh, are you sure? Because I can tell that you're not. And no. he says, well, no. Because this whole really. section with all of them going into the memories has been a flashback that Sirius has been having while glaring at the mirror from the beginning of the chapter. Yeah. Right. And this is him coming back to himself now because they're about to head off to something else. Yeah, but he came back from it and just lit into Arabella Fig because she hadn't really protected Harry, and then he realized that that really wasn't, you know, unless she had seen it happening, which she never did. Right. There was no way. Harry's really been to healing tell. himself, so she never spotted him while he was obviously injured. Mm-hmm. There was no evidence because Harry's magic was erasing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, it's um, basically it's it's. Everybody's hearts are broken because now they don't, because legally they don't know what the next step is because it's currently, they're at the edge of the war. It's a very precarious position as we're going to find out. Um, And, and, you know, they, they're trying to do the best for Harry at this point. And they're not sure how to do that. They have no idea how to do that because Sirius is still on the run technically. Remus can't adopt him. Like, you know, it's, there, there's not a whole lot of people who have quote-unquote claim to Harry. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they don't know who's going to. And it could just very well be a purebred. I mean, Malfoy'd yeah. love to adopt him. Oh, yeah. No, there are plenty of Death Eaters that... We've read that fake. So yeah. um, then Harry's letter comes. Right. And, you know, Siri. Sirius, like, really wants to like, yell at Harry for how, you know, his, for Harry's emotions through this letter. And, and Remus is just like, get, like, give it a second. Like, he's only 15. <laughs> <laughs> give it a minute. Breathe. Take a deep breath. I did a lot of deep breathing today. So I'm, I'm with Sirius on this one. <laughs> Meditation. <sighs> um. So yeah, basically, it's they they work out that you know exactly what's going on, and the fact that he was embarrassed that you know he 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 was embarrassed that he needed help, um, mm-hmm. and he's he's just trying to like you know work work. Basically, he, Harry is trying to work it out on their own. Remus and Sirius are amazed at at Harry, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Harry's what you might call a very self reliant young man and resourceful. <laughs> For, for, you know, good reason. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Unfortunate reasons, but he, he's not so good at the asking for help thing. He's not, yeah. He, well, I mean, the, the thing is, like, he's never asked for help and gotten it. So it's not like... Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I understand, but... basically ordered him not to. Yeah. And he, mm-hmm. He, mm-hmm. he promised, and he's one of those people that if he promises, under no circumstances is he going to break that promise. Yeah. Um, and then we, like, his ears were burning. We switched to Lucius Malfoy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Lucius. A wizard's work is never done. He's yeah. having a terrible time wandering around listening to Fudge drone on, but he's trying to, you know, keep close so he can manipulate things as necessary. Yeah. And he's and like, he- why did... Stupid Barty Crouch making a two-way port key. He would never have made that mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Although we find out later it was by design, but... Do we ever find out in canon whether the port key was actually a two-way or whether it was just Harry going, I want to go home? He never... We, we're not sure. He never cast Portis. Um, yeah. But Harry has been known to, to do great deals of magic in a crisis. So it's possible That's that true. he magicked it himself wandlessly. We never really get into how port keys work and whether they're always two-way or, you know, whether there are the diff- various different classes of them that people have made up for fanfic and stuff. So right. we don't know. It's sort of assumed that it must have been two-way because that's sort of the simplest way for it to have worked like that. But right. it's never discussed. But it would make sense because I can't imagine Voldemort trying to apparate back to Hogwarts, and they would use a porky to get him back, because I, I can imagine them Voldemort being like, you know, let everybody see that I'm not I'm, dead anymore. Well, number we, we one, I'm back, later and number in two, fact, like, Voldemort told him to make it that way well, so yeah, that, he yeah. could send Harry Potter's dead body back with it, and then right. they or just, that too. you know, jumped the gun and escaped instead. But, yeah. yeah. He just wasn't dead when he went back like he was supposed to be. I'm not dead! He's... Harry skipped a few steps. Yeah. Well, the wrong dead person ended up back at Hogwarts. Yeah. That too. Um, Having just seen Puffs, that was sad. But yeah, yeah so it's really, like Cedric. Um, I think Cedric didn't get enough credit in canon. Oh, yeah. No. 
But also, you know, I did not like his father. Amos was not, I was not a fan of Amos throughout the entire entire time. You you goddamn idiot. I don't think you're supposed to be a fan of Amos. No, probably not. But yeah, so basically, you know, he's, uh, Lucius is, you know, thanking his lucky stars because even though Potter, you know, made it back alive, you know, no one believes him. Right, and named mm-hmm. names With a and list everything. of names and all of this stuff, and yet somehow it's still working for them. Yeah. The minister's such an idiot that, you know. Well, also the fact that Rita Skeeter, like, you know, Rita Skeeter has basically, you know, besturched Harry's name and called him a liar on several, you know, okay. he had the visions, which means that, you know, he's seen as crazy. Um so people don't really, you know, and people tend to believe what they read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't read. I wonder how she felt about that. Who? Rita. That's all. That's actually, well, Rita's currently in a jar, but. I know that, but I mean, the fact that she, because of what she did, people weren't believing that Harry was telling the truth and let Voldemort you know, come back to power. You know, would never take I that don't... responsibility. It's you know, not. No, I know she no, would. I, think, I, I know think, that. That would be a very interesting one shot if. At the end of the war, Rita finally realized that what she did had massive consequences. And, you mm-hmm. know, and, and that would be a very interesting thing to, to write. To explore, yeah. To explore, like, you know, when she finally comes to realize the fact that Voldemort wouldn't have gotten nearly as far without the fact that she had basically you know, muddied the name of Harry Potter because if Harry Potter had still been believed Harry by the Potter. Wizarding World, if he'd still been Harry Potter, Fudge would have no, you know, r- wiggle room because right. people mm-hmm. believed Harry Potter. And so if Harry came but back... With the, though? But I, no, I believe if, uh, I believe that eventually she would have because, you know... Because as of 2014, when she's like, I'm writing a book about the DA, she did not seem at all remorseful about anything. But I think oh, the thing no. is, I think the thing, wait, as of 2014, when she's writing a book about the DA, I'm, I'm. Joe did a thing on the Quidditch World Cup back in like 2014, and oh, part of that was so, Rita going, I'm writing a book. No, so I think um, for, I think it it would be. Not public. I don't think she would publicly admit her fault, but I think, yeah. you mm. know, it, it would definitely sit with her that she would not have gotten as far, or Voldemort mm. would have not have gotten as far if Harry Potter, if people were in a position to believe Harry Potter, because mm-hmm. Fudge wouldn't have been able to give, Fudge would have gotten, wouldn't have gotten the out of saying you're lying. And, you know, That's then true. the entire Wizarding world would have been prepped for war, you know, by by Harry's fifth year. By the time they, the kids got back to school, you know. Well, wouldn't that have been cool? That would have been like, you know, but so I, I don't think she would have ever, you know, admitted her mistake publicly. Maybe in her autobiography that would have been released after she passed away. But I, 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 I think, you know, she definitely, it would have, I mean, you... She's a smart person. She's just, you know, selfish. It'd be interesting to read the AU where Rita Skeeter from, you know, fourth year on just is an honest journalist as opposed to mm-hmm. how she starts out. Yeah. I don't know how much that would change and where the changes would be, but it'd be interesting. 
Speaking of less than honest people, um, Lucius Malfoy <laughs> is currently searching for a way out of his conversation with Fudge and maybe a way to discredit Dumbledore or Potter while he's at it. And, oh, my, isn't that Albus Dumbledore right there? Yep. Uh, yeah. He's here for his meeting with the minister, and Lucius is like, oh, no, no problem. I'll just wait out here while you guys meet. And Fudge refuses to silence the office door, and she's like, oh, my God, Fudge, you idiot. Well, yeah, so, he's an idiot. Lucius just ambles well, over to the, se- the undersecretary's desk and turns on the intercom and listens to the whole meeting. The whole conversation, because he sends Mr. Weasley out on an errand. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's essentially established that, you know, Potter's missing, his folder has been tampered with, the alarm system isn't working, something's going on. (laughs) Danger, Will Robinson, danger. Okay, how did Dumbledore not take precautions either? That was He tried. He tried. The minister wouldn't allow him to. Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. That's called wandless silent magic. Well, they start kind of speaking in code a little bit, but then Cornelius doesn't get it, so they have to spell it out for him. <laughs> right. Oh, not this one is. Uh, <sighs> no one eavesdrops on the minister's office. What about reporters, dude? <laughs> Anyone could be out there. You don't know. Um, but yeah, so basically, they're, um, we switched it, Sparky. Um, who is currently helping sort, um, clean up, um, that what he learns to be the Weasley twins mess. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, go ahead. He's, he's thinking about that, you know, it's been kind of a weird day. First he had Pig earlier in the morning that needed, he needed to recuperate. And then, uh, now he's, he's, uh. He's, he's going, going to. Malkins. Which yeah, I think uh, he, he's the most uncomfortable with because he doesn't really know fashion. Right. Um, so basically he's just like, I don't know what, like, if you if if you point him to, towards do this, he can do it. You know, he can haul around stuff. But, like, other mm-hmm. than that, he's just like, I'm completely clueless. Yeah. And right now he's picking up all these terrible things. He's like, people actually want to wear these? I don't understand. And... <laughs> Uh, you and me both, kid. Yeah. Then, and he learns that the Weasley twins brought Ron uh, robe shopping, dress robe shopping. Mm-hmm. And so they a- with- deliberately asked for all the worst things in the shop. And they, right. they, there was one with like spiders on it. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> oh uh, God, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I hope the, I hope Madame Malkin or whoever set them straight and got Ron a nice pair of robes. I think they did. I think I think they were the twins were just messing with him before they got him a nice pair of robes. Yeah, yeah, because that's what Harry asked them to do with the money. Yep, I'm sure they got him magenta robes to start with. Oh. That was maroon. Yeah. Maroon. maroon. No, yeah. but the, yeah, but they were mar- were they, weren't they wearing magenta at the shop? They might have been, but yeah, they would have. Yeah, I know, I know. More of a was maroon that. guy. Or Mrs. Weasley thinks he is, and he disagrees violently. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's orange, truth be told. It's true. He needs to have orange. Which so he's sort of day, daydreaming and thinking about what's been going on, and then Madame Monkins comes in, and she says, You're looking a bit peaky, Jim. Sparky, whatever she calls him. He's a little oh. sick. Yeah. 
And he's and so, fine. Madame Elkin, you know, even though Jim keeps saying he's fine, uh, plays the boss card and basically says, says, you know, you're getting the day off. Um, and so he decides um, to take, um, Janet is apparently unwell, so he decides to take them pumpkin juice. Mm-hmm. Um, and at, when he runs it over, he's expecting, like, it feels like, like Harry's expecting the cancer award. <laughs> Yeah. Like every everyone's super quiet and like you know no one's making any noise. <laughs> Instead, like they're playing like sock ball and <laughs> yeah, she's and much laughing. better today, says Steve. She's yeah. just been trying to do too much and not taking care of herself. I told her to wait till I got here. Doggone stubborn woman. <laughs> and then Steve, you know, and Harry's expecting to kind of like be like. Uh, to, to basically leave. Um, and, you know, she's like, no, no, come in. Mm-hmm. They'll want to see you. And so he gets to announce, look who's here. And then, you know, Kitty and Becky are all over Harry. Yeah. Yeah, the whole family ha- has been going through this illness. Uh, yeah. And the kids are mostly better, but now Janet's caught it. Yep. So it's one of those wave things. Typical family yeah. kids. <laughs> And then in the middle of Sockball, which just brought me back to Dangerverse. <laughs> um, Although this one does not hit Lucius Malfoy in the head, unfortunately. No, but in the middle of Sockball, Voldemort becomes enraged. And Harry yes. near passes oh, out. Yeah. Or no, sorry, this is he's still pricing things. Mm-hmm. When Harry yeah. near passes out. And the, you know, the owls are bringing back their messages as undelivered now. Yep. So somebody's been, some of Voldemort's crew have been sending owls to Muggleborns and uh, to mess with them, you know. Yeah. They're just sending out messages that aren't very nice and leaving a well, lot of up. There is a Muggleborn who just moved there. Hmm, I wonder who it could be. <laughs> right. Um, and basically, you know, they didn't cast the dark mark or identify themselves. They basically just said, you know, muggles go home, mm-hmm. essentially, um, in a much ruder, uh, terminology. Um, yeah. yeah bloods go home, essentially. Um, and so, but now the owls that they're sending out are coming back and, Voldemort's in because her, Harry's there. Because Harry's well, it 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 gets explained further on, but yeah, basically because Harry's there. Um, but basically, Voldemort's suspicious that the Ministry is involved because no one can can become that untrackable without the without Ministry and intervention of some kind. Right. Can I just say that that timing is very Deus ex machina. It just it it it's oh. You get 15 points for just that yes, wonderful word. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it makes sense based on the folder. It all ties back to the folder. And once we get to the folder, I will explain it. But, you know, I can't, like, just jump four chapters and be like, this is what's going on. The folder, the, magic, the magic folder. folder. It's the magic folder. <laughs> so, yeah. but while he's having these... It's like a pencil, but this, it's inf- All this stuff is going on. Lucius comes in and, you know, the, and Voldemort's like, this better be important, Malfoy. But, of course, it's all broken up, so we can't hardly hear it. And 
So Malfoy's like, Dumbledore visit, industry, worried, Potter's folder. Folder? Potter thinks. What are you yeah. talking about? Yeah, this is the first that Harry's heard about all of this. Mm-hmm. Advance and... the timetable. And right. then, you know, it's just like, duh, um, So essentially, uh, Harry near passes out. And that's mm-hmm. why. Like, and I. Yeah, maybe I'll take you up on that day off after all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Madame Milken's like, oh, yeah, we'll flew you home. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. It's like, oh, no, this is a bad idea. And Madame Milken basically puts this uh, flu powder in, yells the Lady Cauldron, and tosses him in. And him in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor kid. <Yeah. laughs> and guess what? The rights are there. Yeah. Oh, hey, he's... Sparky just came out of a fireplace. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and this is, you know, basically Janet and Steve don't see a fireplace. They, are, no. they see a phone box. Um, okay, this box. part confused yeah, me to else. no so, end. Okay, so this is this is what's going on. Muggles, uh, once in a while, come into Blinky Cauldron, not realizing that's a yeah. magic place. So obviously, right. because they don't see it's a magic place, they their brains think it's something else. Yeah, they've set up so, charms so that Muggles see what they expect to see. But each muggle see, expects something slightly different. So when Steve starts describing what he thinks this is, Jenna's like, that's not what's over there. What, what are you talking about? And yeah. that ah. breaks the spell. And, Ki- and, and Kitty and Becky are young enough in their muggle-bornness that they, cannot, they, they know what's there. Yeah, yeah they, they see they the actual see... fireplace. Because yeah. And also because they're magic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So well, yeah. they see what it is really... Janet's magic, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Okay. Because at first, I was like, how in the world did he end up at their house? Because they don't have a flu, and it just... Yeah. I was utterly lost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they just and happened to be at the leaky cauldron. I loved Becky's that was reaction. A, that wasn't that was the best. Well. I've never seen this. Becky, did reaction. you go see Santa Claus? <laughs> huh? Well, Santa Claus is a wizard, you know. Just oh, us. <laughs> And, you know, Kitty's and Becky are like, he's covered in ash. And they're like, no, he's not. He's totally clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they don't even yeah. see, like, the soot that Steve's got on his hand and stuff. Yeah. And then the spell just, like, shatters. And Tom's like, like, what What do you see now? And they're like, a fireplace. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, this is probably going to seem like an odd question, but bear with me. Do you believe in magic? Fireplace, door to London, door I never noticed before, bar, dining area, that's the same at least. <laughs> Narnia! And so basically, you know, Steve is, Steve is trying to, like, figure this out while they, like, are ushered into the par- parlor, like, does he believe in magic? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, well, it's it's the, the logic, like, you know... Seriously. A week ago, no, but I just saw my daughter's conjure light out of thin air, and somebody came through a fireplace that wasn't there before, and hmm. <laughs> yeah. And Becky's starting to feel a little warm. She's been really fussy today. And Tom's like, well, I sent Harry up, well, the boy, up to tidy up. One of our methods of travel is through the fireplace, and, but you know, you tend to get sooty. He won't be long. Yeah. And meanwhile, Harry is upstairs panicking. Mm-hmm. And I have and to tell them Tom, the truth. Can I tell them the truth? I can't tell them the truth. I have to... 
Harry's yeah. flipping out mostly. It's not so much about the magic. It's more about the fact that, you know, he's, he's been lying to them all summer. He's been, he's, been li- well, he's been lying to them. He's a target. You know, he's got this whole horrible history that he now has to go over instead of just like, I'm regular Jim Patterson. Da, 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 da. Um, yeah. And so because Harry is like very easily distractible, he writes Dumbledore a letter um, on what he overheard. Right. Um, it's like, there was this folder that, you know, they were discussing, something's going on, I didn't catch all the details, but they're moving out their plans. Um. Yeah. And he's thankful that he has a chance to do that, because he wasn't sure how he was going to let Dumbledore know about this. Right. Yeah, and he's like, I'm in a bit of a rush, but I hope this information is useful to you. Uh. <laughs> Don't want to be rude, sir, but... P.S. I'm having difficulty receiving owls. Do you know anything about that? Yeah. And, and Hedwig, sir, what folder are we talking about? HP. Well, and, and Hedwig then goes ballistic on the parchment because he, she's jealous of it. He keeps sending messages with this thing instead of her. Yeah. And he and he's like, "All right, Ron and Hermione's letter this evening the normal way." Mm-hmm. Um, and now he's just delaying things because he's like trying to figure out like okay, I'm gonna have to leave. So let's see. I should pack up a few things and all of that. Oh, I was like, bye, Sue. No. Yeah, I know. I was gonna say bye, Sue, because I'm gonna be leaving soon too. And, and Crystal saves the day because yeah. Crystal, you know, basically breaks the rules and shows Harry what's going on with the rights. Yeah, and that they ac- actually want to talk to him, and then are, are not mad, and 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 Crystal's kind of you know sussed out that Harry doesn't like his family for mm-hmm. really good reasons. And see, the rest of this lot is brilliant. Yes, the rest of them are completely <laughs> intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> the mirrors, yes, the mirrors are smarter than most of the people. It's okay. Well, the, the mirrors are also. I don't think that mirrors age, and they've been around for forever. So I think, you know, the mirrors are just kind of like, you know, like talking to a 400-year-old. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been around the Wait, block. if Crystal's the mirror, what's the name of the lady who's in Nocturne Alley? Uh, Cassandra. That's Cassandra, yeah. Oh, okay, because I was getting them mixed up, and I was like, why is she in Harry's room, and what is going on? So, um, so basically, Crystal points out that makes Harry realize that Janet and Steve are nothing like the the Dursleys at all. Right. So they're not gonna. This so they're not. Kid. They're not gonna. You know. Well, I think I don't think it was a conscious thought. I think it's you know all parents are like the parents that you grew up with mm-hmm. for a while yeah. when you're you know. So I think. You know, especially because the next parents that he encounters are Arthur and Molly. And Molly is very big and loud, kind of like Vernon. And, like, how she, you know, she doesn't hit the kids, but, like, she yells at them like Vernon does. So, mm-hmm. you know, he he kind of, like, and he hasn't really encountered any other parents. So, like, he's kind of got that, true. like, you know. So Janet and Steve are the first parents that he encounters that they're not going to, they're going to talk to him like an adult because he's 15. He's almost, you know, of age. Yeah. Um, she asks leading questions and makes him actually think it through. It's like, so what? What's the problem? What are you afraid of? And he's like, I'm not afraid. I'm 15. I'm not afraid of anything. And then you know explains. Uh, well, why do you think they're going to be so mad about 
you misleading them? And are they really judgmental? It's like, well, that's what my aunt and uncle always did. Oh, so they remind you of your aunt and uncle. It's like, no, no, of course not. They're nothing like the Dursleys. Wait. Oh, yeah. They're nothing like the Dursleys. <laughs> yeah. But then there's also, you know, and that's when Harry kind of has epiphany of, you know, he really likes the rights and Tom because it's so far removed from his life as Harry Potter because his life as Harry Potter is he's abused, you know, at home and at school, he's this famous guy. And this last, you know, three weeks, essentially he's this anonymous, but hard worker that's well thought of in the alley. And he's just normal. He's nor he's a normal kid and you know he he wants to be he he's always wanted to be just Harry and even though he has a different name he gets that with with you know with with these people and so um Crystal then shows them shows him the rights and Becky is asking uh for Sparky yeah and and they're talking about the magic balls yeah that the girls can do and it's, it's, you know, further evidence that Janet and Steve are not going to react to Harry's magic the way that Vernon and Petunia did. Yeah, and they're asking for somebody to go check on Sparky, and he tells Crystal to ask Crystal to go down and say that he'll be right down in a minute. Yeah. So he comes in, and um, the Kitty and Becky are changing the light bulb from pink to blue and back again. <laughs> How many times have I seen this in a fic? <laughs> uh, it's like a sleep- you know, well-known reference. Sleeping booty. <laughs> yes. Boo, pink, boo. Yeah. No, and then Harry, happened. you know, screws up his Gryffindor c- c- courage and tells, you know, them, I have to tell you something and I don't think you'll like it much. Um, and, you know, they're like, well, uh, Tom already explained about, you know, the Wizarding World and the Ministry of Magic while you were upstairs, you know, and you weren't, you know, sure what you were allowed to tell us and you would, you'd been worried. Is that what you're upset about? And, and, you know, Harry's like, well, that's part of it, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My name is also not Jim Patterson. <laughs> My name isn't Jim Patterson. <laughs> um, yeah. and I don't look like this. Um. And I misrepresented represented my circumstances to you. And Janet is like, oh, you mean you're living at the leaky and uncle? Yeah, you're living at the leaky and not with your aunt and uncle? Because she figured that out a while ago. Yeah. yeah. Why do we think Why do you think we always keep coming around? Uh, the pumpkin juice? Well, yeah, but I could have brought a bigger container. <laughs> yeah, it and does last like, in the fridge for a little bit. I considered calling CPS, but you were safe. And you're 15, and it doesn't. It didn't seem like the right thing to do mm-hmm. under the circumstances. Um, oh, I would just love to see CPS trying to find the leaky cauldron. <laughs> <laughs> um, that would be amazing. <laughs> but essentially, you know, it it, it it takes him a while. But he basically, you know, he's he's stopped in. Um, before he's able to, to tell him he's Harry Potter, um, because um, it tur- Steve reveals that people are harassing Janet. Right. Um, he's got the letters from the Death Eaters, although he doesn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
They camped for three days and then they just stopped and there's no postmark, no address, just my name and London on them. Yeah. And they don't, they think it's just like a, a, a British thing to call somebody a muggle. They don't realize that it's a wizarding thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tom and Harry have to reluctantly explain the whole prejudices of the community in general. Yeah. Yeah. And they're the people that are targeting them are targeting them a lot because they've been hanging out at the Leaky Cauldron. And, you know, how dare these muggles or muggle-borns, but they, they don't know that so much, you know. I'm surprised they don't. The, the Leaky Cauldron with their muggleness. <laughs> yeah. And then they practice some things with the ball again to, you know, see if there's any magic in the parents at all. And Steve tries and doesn't really do much of anything. Um, but Kitty conjures another one and he's made it slightly bluer than mm-hmm. first. So he has a little magic in him, but then they try it with Janet and Janet's just like, it's no big deal. It's, it's not going to happen, but it goes, you know, bright green. Mm. Yep. Right. There's backstory in the fact that Janet has uh, suffered a traumatic brain injury as a child. And when she got her letter to Salem, uh, the Salem Witches Institute, uh, her parents told her it was a joke. Right. And they lied to her. Yep. And they kept and her refused home. to let them send any more. Were they muggles? Her parents were muggles, yes. Yeah. Okay. I wonder what that would do. What? If a child, I mean, could a magical child, like, you know, if they've got enough of a brain injury or something happens to them, could they forget they have magic? Well, so it, it's not so much that she forgets that she has magic. Her magic, because she didn't have a wand and spells and such, her magic found a way to um, yeah. express this itself in other ways. Hunches. Her hun- this is ex- yeah. So her mm-hmm. hunches are basically mm-hmm. magic reaching out. Um, this right. is why That's she true. could look at Harry and go, "Oh, I can trust this kid to lead me to my daughters." And she has a. Call. No, I'm just wondering, like, would it turn them into an obscurious? I think the obscurious, obscurii, obscurii are her only extremely Whatever. powerful wizards. In certain circumstances, under certain mm-hmm. or under a circum, like I, I, I fully uh, believe that in Harry's circumstance, um, was at risk of becoming you just cut out. Mm-hmm. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We lost your circumstances. You keep cutting out at the important so, part. Under Harry's circumstances, I believe that he could, was at risk for becoming an obscurii. I don't think so because like- Harry did. Harry did his. He didn't know what he was yeah. doing, and he wasn't trying to stop himself. And I think when they make a yeah, choice, so, so, they can become right. So what I, what I was saying was, if Harry had figured out that these were magical outbursts and tried to suppress it to please Vernon and and Petunia, he would have been become an obscure eye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. There's also the point that. When this was written, we didn't know that that exists. But I, I feel awesome. like no, Janet yeah. is probably yeah. a related phenomenon, yes. It's like her, her magic hasn't had the usual wizarding outlet and has mostly turned inward and expresses itself in a different way. But she never suppressed mm-hmm. it, so it was never, you know... Yeah, yeah she never uh, consciously suppressed it because she didn't really know about it. Right. So then, you know, they're they're talking about their choices for Kitty because Kitty's ten, 
Um, but Janet mm-hmm. doesn't really want uh, Kitty going to a boarding school like Harry. Um, so they're, they, they've now have to, um, like, you know, consider their choices. Harry hasn't, like, talked to them about the fact that he's Harry and he has people coming after him or any of that. Um, mm-hmm. But they, co- they go back to the kids and Harry is now asleep on the sofa with Becky in his lap and Kitty at his side. And they're all kind of, like collapsed because they're all Mm -hmm. sick yeah they're all Mm. getting sick and then janet happens to you know go and smooth things over like she touches her hand against his cheek and he's really hot he seems to be burning up and they're like okay we're we better set up a bed for him too Mm -hmm. and in the next chapter we eventually we go off to um, a scene with minerva but then we see that there's actually something more going on with harry as well but first we have Minerva um, addressing all of the new first-year letters for this year. Right. And the Muggleborn ones are thicker. Okay, I'm going. Okay. I'm leaving. Okay. Good night, night Trisha. Thanks for hanging with us. Thanks for hanging with us. Thanks for the good story. Yeah, sorry. You're welcome. Have fun. All right. Behave. So, you know, in all the excitement, she's doing it late because in all the excitement of finding, trying to find Harry... And the war and everything, you know, she's let it slip her, you know, mind, essentially. Um, and then, you know, uh, she essentially, she, she's packed all the Muggleborn uh, letters with the pamphlet that Harry wrote. Um, and I love this. As soon as she finished here, she planned to go back to Diagon Alley to search for the mysterious Jim Patterson again. She caught tantalizing glimpses of the boy through the leaky cauldron's windows, but he neatly managed to escape close inspection by staying inside the pub late Sunday afternoon and evening and flowing to some unknown location for most of Monday. If this kept up, she was going to have to try and sneak inside the leaky cauldron or one of the other shops to observe him instead of simply catching him on the street as she she planned. (laughs) Right. And then we have the flu. uh... (laughs) The... Albus and her friend from the States cross flu and mm-hmm. knock heads with each other. Yuck! That's ow, amazing. Manoir, ow! Yeah. <laughs> Professor Penrose, how wonderful to see you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Penstone. Yes, Penstone. And she's trying to write a, a letter to Kitty, and her address comes up as unknown as well. And so Dumbledore's so- like, I think we found Harry. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is related. Yeah. But we've got a problem because there's an attack taking place tonight. Mm-hmm. And then we go back to the right where they are taking <laughs> care of. We go back to Steve, who has a very distraught Hedwig on his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's realized she seems to be a lot smarter than he would expect an owl to be. Yep. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> That, that owl basically has saved that boy's life a time or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know... He's not sure whether he wants to bring her into the house, because, you know... But Janet she's refusing to yeah. take care of creatures in cages, and he's like, well, it, well, if Jim, you know, recovers as fast as Tom said he would, that'd be fine, and they'll manage for a few days. And besides, he doesn't really have a choice. Yep. <laughs> Hedwig is not giving him a choice. Nope. And as soon as Jim enters the house, Janet's calling for the, a mop and bucket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
And it was swish and spit, so we know somebody's been vomiting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Trisha left too early. Yep, she did, Mm. just a moment too early. (laughs) She missed the, uh, the, the vomit. Um, the fictional vomit. It's, this is Hedwig, Sparky's owl. Uh, Hedwig, my wife, Janet. <laughs> yep. yep. And she says, you know, he's sicker than he was letting on, and he doesn't seem to be able to keep anything in his stomach, so we'll have to get some fluids in him somehow. Did you find any popsicles? And Steve says, yes, eventually, once I figured out they're called iced lollies. <laughs> yeah. Yep. The girls are sleeping, so that's okay. And poor, poor Harry's vomiting and going, it's okay, okay, I swear I'll clean it up, don't worry, don't be mad at me. And they're like, no, we'll clean it up, it's okay. It's like, did you throw up on purpose? Uh, no. (laughs) Then you're fine. Good, because then you have bigger problems than a little stomach bug. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of cleaning, I bought some stuff from the Leaky Cauldron. Let's see, here it is. (laughs) There's Hedwig. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, at least you managed to vomit in the washroom instead of on carpet or something. Yeah. And then... because the carpet's harder to clean. Although, here's my trusty tip. Shaving cream is a really good carpet spot cleaner. So if you vomit on the carpet, shaving cream sprayed into the carpet, scrubbed with a little brush, and vacuumed out will clean it very nicely. Huh. Good to know. Cleaning Um, tips are soon. And then Harry... um, Let's a little more of of the truth come out to Janet and Steve. And it was, you know, remember the day we met and you asked me about my family and I told you my parents were killed when I was a baby. And Janet's like, yeah, I remember that. And you were sent to live with your aunt and uncle. Um, and Harry says, that's right. I wasn't lying to you. I just left a few bits out. The thing is, my mom and dad were killed by a dark wizard. Yeah. He was yeah. part of a terrorist organization. And my real name's Harry Potter, and etc. exposition, etc. Yeah, basically, backstory, blah, blah, blah. And Janet's first reaction was, you know, you've been wearing a disguise all summer. Mm. (laughs) You know, you survived, your real name is Harry Potter. To live with your aunt and uncle, who, by the way, decided to move overseas this summer without a forwarding address. Mm -hmm. Furthermore, you have survived the killing curse with nothing but a scar. You're supposed to be the- Twice. Once. Oh, right. <laughs> You're supposed to be the last great hope against this Voldemort character who returned somehow at the end of last hiding in disguise all summer. Jazz, like, holy Mary, mother of God. <laughs> Apparently they're Catholic. Hmm. Because it's a very Catholic thing. She is at least, yeah. She is at least, because it's a very Catholic thing to say. <laughs> Which may or may not explain the hiding the letter bit. That Well, that was... That, uh, d- described as be- it was because of her head injury. Mm-hmm. They didn't want her going up to school. Mm. Um, and Harry's like, you know, I'm sorry. She Thinking that they're disappointed in, in this, um, he's like, I'm sorry, I'll just take Hedwig and go. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, no, you're gonna stay the night. He's like, are you sure I could be dangerous to you? You're in no condition to take care of yourself, so stay here. We can handle it. And he explains about the letters, and she's like, okay, go on. Doesn't it sound weird to you that I can hear what Voldemort's saying sometimes and stuff? He explains his connection through his scar to Voldemort. Mm -hmm. And it's like, 
Well, Steve says, Harry, I just learned manic magic exists today. Do you really think anything you tell me is going to sound weird, given that? And yeah. Janet says, you know, we've got a lot to learn, and I hope you'll just continue letting us know the things that we need to know. And so he explains about what he heard about the letters and how the Death Eaters think the ministry's involved. Harry doesn't think so because the ministry doesn't think Voldemort's even a thing. And Yeah. So then they basically straighten Harry out, and Harry realizes if he's going to bed, he has to take his contacts out. Mm-hmm. And yes, yes, Steve reacts to great call on the color contacts. You mm-hmm. did a really great job with your disguise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is, you stick out like a sore thumb. Did they not have colored contacts back then? It was brand no, new. Because I've wearing brown colored contacts. Because yeah, I've had colored contacts all my life. Mooney, this is, uh, this is 1995. It's brand new. Color contacts are brand new. Because my con- I was Well, I was wearing a black one when I was a baby. And then all the rest of them have been so blue. So, were they... The, 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 Except for the one brown one I had. The the color contacts that 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 are designed not specifically for specific things with eyesight, but are specifically designed just to change your eye color, came out around 1995, between 1995 and 1998. I remember. Uh, I remember these. Okay. Um, they were very cool, and I remember mm-hmm. seeing ads for them right around the time that I was getting glasses for the first time which is around 1995, 1996. So, See, I can't do that because my eyes are brown. They wouldn't do any good. Yeah, no. so so this is like a whole other... This is just the cosmetic color contacts that you uh, can get with certain prescriptions um, for a little extra money. Um, mm-hmm. So basically, yeah. Harry explains that, you know, most of the Wizarding World, including his friends, only know him for his eyes, his hair, and his scar. And right. Steve makes the connection of the reporter in the pub um, and, you know, Steve teases that he could get a, a, um, a, a military haircut. <laughs> yeah, but he says that didn't work. My aunt tried it once and it didn't work. Yeah. Well, that's because he for- he was forced to it. I think if he got it on his own. If he, yeah. yeah. If he had a choice in the matter, he it would be and, a fit. Yeah. Janet's having a conniption fit because he's got the most gorgeous green eyes and they're just wasted on a man. And, oh. Please, for the love of God, tell me who of your mothers. <laughs> yes, yes, he does. Yes, yes, I do. Are you just saying that? <laughs> no. Yeah. And then he he gets to rest, and they tell him that they'll be there if he needs anything. And we jump to Lord Voldemort, who's on a raised dais, smirking smugly to himself, and he has a plan. What is he sitting on the Iron Throne? Yeah, basically. Yeah, basically. And he has a plan. He has incorporated muggles into this plan. Oh, my God. Um, the Death Eaters are having a conniption fit because he's got muggles there. But he is very proud of himself. Basically, the muggles are going to die. Mm-hmm. So they're, you know. And they are allowed to go through the wards because they're not wizards with ill intent. They're muggles right. with ill intent that mm-hmm. the wards won't recognize. Which is which is sad. Yep. Yeah. So they're able, basically the potions that they have enable them to firebomb the targets. 
Right. Mm, they're not trying to break people out of Azkaban at all. They're trying to take down Privet Drive and the borough and uh, Hermione's house and so on. Various muggle targets. Right. And he was going to target Potter's residence, but it's for sale. Right. He's, yeah. They figured that out. They know that nobody's there. And they figured out that Dumbledore is leading, laying a trap for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He gives him points for originality, but decides he's better. And so they're going to try and spring the trap and turn it, turn the tables on them. Right. And so they, and the muggles are under Imperius, so they kind of do what they're told to do. Uh, and they head to the burrow, moving things along here. Um, and and so basically, Harry's um, dr- you know seeing all this and mm-hmm. being violently sick, and his fever is very high. Um, yeah. And Janet and Steve are at a loss to know what to do. Um, and the, mm-hmm. the kids are crying, and Harry can't really interact, so he's like kind of ebbing, like kind of ebbing in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And he, whenever he gets close to passing out, he starts to see things with Voldemort more clearly, and he eventually mm-hmm. decides, you know, he needs to go. He needs to know what's going on over there. Right. And, like, he's just gonna pass out. Yeah. He's not gonna fight fight it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Steve calls, Janet, I need your help. Yeah, and they go through the plan, and at one point, uh, Voldemort says, you know, here are your portkeys, these are for target one, and these are for target two, and Harry's like, what? I thought they were just going to prove a drive. Mm-hmm. And this is when nope. he figures out, you know, they're heading to the borough as well, and it's like, all right, I need to get a message to Dumbledore somehow, but I'm not in my body right now. How does this work? Crap. Yeah. And then, so he's like, you know, finally he screws up everything that he has, and I have to get to Dumbledore. I have to get to Dumbledore now. Mm-hmm. And poof! He's and poof. in front of Dumbledore. He's in front of Dumbledore. <laughs> I thought he had his little portkey thingy. That did, was that, where was that supposed to take him? The, the, that would take him to Dumbledore as well, but he's... To the Hogwarts Hospital wing, I think. Yeah. yeah. Isn't he astro-projecting right now? He's astro-projecting. Yeah. He does not have his portkey. His mm-hmm. body has his porky. Yeah. This is like, if you've seen, um, for, for reference, this is like um, Doctor Strange. Yeah. Nope. I was going to go older reference. It's like the several seasons of Charmed. One of them gets that power. Yeah. So basically their, their spirit essentially is able to go other places while their body stays in one place. But mm-hmm. any physical objects that they have on their person stay with their body. Right now. Yeah. He's just so Harry's basically manifested like, a ghost version of himself. He can, he can walk through him. walls, yeah. So he's basically, his his scar is pulling him towards astral projecting to where Voldemort is. Mm-hmm. And but, he's now harnessed that Okay, and now, now he's, he's popped over to Hogwarts. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, and he's like, yay, I made it! And everybody's like, hey! Don't, don't overwhelm the kid. Hang on. Let's find out what's going on. And Harry lets them know what's, you know, he, he's starting to get, something's pulling him back towards his body because he's further away than he should be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he's trying to let them know what's going on. And and he's saying, the borough, and they're misunderstanding him. And they're like, like, you want to borrow something? Borrow something? <laughs> he's like, what? He's just like, again, like, guys, idiot sick. 
Unfortunately, Fox knows what to do. Fox, thankfully, helps Harry because Fox, as a phoenix, astral projects everywhere. Um, And essentially, um, he... Harry's divided in letting Dumbledore knowing where he is versus saving the Weasleys. Right. Um, well, the latter, surely, well, for the time. Right, yeah. but there's that little bit of hesitation in him. And, and so when Fox offers to let him yeah. go. If he doesn't really want to talk to Dumbledore, Fox will just send him back to his body and that'll be fine. He's like, no, I, I need to say this. Please help. And yeah. Right. Fox helps stabilize him so he can actually talk to Dumbledore and explain what's going on. And meanwhile, we've got the muggles who are spreading things on walls and spreading things on the floor. Mm-hmm. Lucius is watching his team of muggles through a magic mirror, basically. Yeah. And yeah. basically, the muggles are getting groggy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they basically all pass out. Yeah, because he has changed some of the things that were in the potion bottle so that instead of doing their stuff and exiting, they all are now trapped in the place that they've just treated. And now they're going to oh burn God. it down. Yeah. 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 And he's going to force the trainee Death Eaters, who are also along, to kill all these muggles as sort of their initiation. Yeah. Because, you know, Lucius is... Such a kind man. And then we have Snape. Um, who's, who's, well, Voldemort's plan has been interfered with before, so Snape has to stay next to Voldemort, and if uh, his plans are interfered with again, then it's not Snape. Mm-hmm. But if, if the plan goes through, then Snape is probably going to die. Right. Yeah. So... And now Voldemort's mad because Malfoy's messed with his plan and used the paralyzing gas at this target instead of the next one. But Malfoy's explaining, you know, this is why I'm doing that. I think we should just kill all these muggles and not worry about getting them out of the place again. And Voldemort goes (laughs) along with it. Will you punish Malfoy, Master? Will you? Because, you know, he's tired of getting punished himself, so he wants somebody else to get punished. It's just somebody else's turn at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Fox, you know, Harry's, you know, flashing between Voldemort and, uh, Hogwarts. And mm-hmm. so Fox is like, conserve your strength. You know, you know, if your need really is great, you know, we'll talk to Dumbledore and then I'll tutor you when you're strong again. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and this is the and first. He's actually learned a little bit about astral projection in divination, but he's just never paid attention to who pays attention in divination. No, not at all. Um. And they say, oh, this is what this is. This is astral protection. Okay, at least I know what it's called now. And I uh, love the, what Fox uh, refers to Trelawney as. The, the melodramatic one. <laughs> yeah, the melodramatic one. <laughs> yeah. Fox, please, Professor Dumbledore, the burrow! A young one. Conserve your strength. Yeah. Her <laughs> tales are a trifle overdone, but there is truth in them. So Dumbledore, Fox is basically saying, like, you have to be quick. Like, you know, you're in more peril than I am right now. If you stay like this too long, you could kill yourself, basically. Yeah. And the only reason Fox can help is because phoenixes are different and just travel through the astral realm all the time. Yeah. So he basically gets the message to Dumbledore that the burrow is under attack by Voldemort and the Death Eaters. Um, and Arthur is right there. 
Yeah. And apparently what? he has a mobile watch that that points them all to, to mortal peril. <laughs> but the, yeah. the words, you know, aren't picking up anything un- unusual. So he, yeah, sorry, sorry. He, he has a mobile watch that's uh, checking on the wards. He says there's nothing unusual, you know, and, and Harry's like, they're using muggles. Yeah. And they're all, like, silent. It's like... Dead silence. Voldemort is using muggles to get inside without activating the wards. The <laughs> and they're going to throw potions on everything. And Moody's still like, ah, Voldemort would never use muggles. That's daft. But uh, Dumbledore like- has heard about the potions from Snape. He's like, okay, what color is this potion? And they One blue figure window. out yeah. what yeah. those are. Yeah. And they're the like, um, yeah, we need to get there as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't go by yourself, Arthur. <laughs> it's too late. Voldemort, yeah, Arthur's already, like, halfway to the burrow mm-hmm. by now. Yeah. yeah. And he's trying to, uh... R- rescue his family. Yeah. And it's he like, okay, Minerva, really... go with him. Um, these are the things Severus was ordered to brew, so guard against all of those things. And you four, yeah... Go to the go to the ministry and alert the Aurors. Um, I forget what um, Moody and Arabella were supposed to do. Something else. But mm-hmm. Anyway, he's sending them off to try and put a stop to this, and also get the fire brigade because you know fire. Yeah, and so he, you know, he, Arthur's starting to succumb to the potion, um, and, but he's trying to clean the spell mess off the wall, and it's not working. And, you know, we don't have time to do this. We just need to get your family out of here. Yeah. We're not going to save the building. We have to save the people. Yeah. Right. Arthur Arthur is is trying to be like, but the borough and, you know, you know, and Minerva's like, you can lose the borough. You cannot replace your family. Yeah. And come on, Ginny, wake up. And they're not waking up because they, uh, they're, they're all- being affected by the potion. He's like, I don't think I can... Operate, and she's like, "No, you can't. Let's just use our port keys." And so that's how they yeah. get everything. So they out. all they put uh, bubble tra- head charms on themselves, and but oh, they try to, but it doesn't work. And they're like, "All right, we'll just have to grab on to everybody and hope we can get just out of the room." Yep. And then we shift off to Janet, who is sleeping next to Harry's bed, and Steve comes in to talk to her and offers to switch out. And they notice there's something weird about Harry. There's this little magnetic field or static electricity or something just in front of his forehead. Mm-hmm. He's still warm. The fever hasn't broken yet. And he's, he's completely unresponsive, which is worrying mm-hmm. them. But his pulse and yeah. his breathing are fine, and his color is okay, but it's just weird. And they're like, Hedwig, what to do, what to cool. do. And, and, you know, they're like, oh, we can use Hedwig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was going to go, Janet was going to go wake Tom, but Hedwig wouldn't let her leave the room. And they're like, all right, well, at least maybe we can send Hedwig to get help. And she goes to Madame Pomfrey. (laughs) Yeah. Smart bird. She's smarter than the rest of these bears. Yes. Um, Hedwig is the smartest character in this entire fic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Janet's pretty close, but Janet, I'd, I'd actually see, see, see at the top is Hedwig, right under Hedwig is Steve, right mm-hmm. under Steve is Janet, because Steve puts things together really fast. Yeah, basically yeah. Other than the magic, beats Harry. Yeah. yeah, other than the magic component, like he like picks up on 
you know, the fact that he can't be big, the big, you know, he's a military guy and he approaches Harry like very like quietly at all times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you kind of get the sense of like, he's always very careful around Harry. So it's always he's like probably seen some people with PTSD. So. Well, I think at, at one point the, uh, in, in these chapters, he brings up the fact that like the military gets all kinds and I've seen, you know, you know, 18 year olds who've been through abuse. So this is nothing new. Um, so yeah, basically they're, they're, both of them are like saying, well, you know, I'd be happy to switch out with you. And it's just like, neither of them are sleeping because they're worried about Harry. Mm. And so we've got Sirius and, and them and they're trying to. Which go I've got to say is not something you ever heard of Ron and Hermione doing. What? Not doing what? Being worried, sick and not sleeping. Like, you know, all, all the times that Ron's slept Next to Harry, and he's never been, like, up all night, yeah. you know, because Harry's having nightmares and whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, they're kids, and, and no, I know, but very like... sheltered lives. <laughs> you learn how to sleep through what you need to sleep through, and yeah. if Harry's having nightmares all the time, eventually. <laughs> if, if Harry's having nightmares all the time, you know, the assumption, you know, it seemed like the assumption when Harry got to Hogwarts was he remembered bits and pieces. So bits the assumption would be... You, like, we lost you at bits. Sorry, bits and pieces of Voldemort killing his parents. Yeah. Um, and so the assumption would be that, um, you know, he, he's having nightmares about that rather than having nightmares about the Dursleys. So, but yeah, we're back at uh, Sirius Black, and apparently um, the Granger resident was um, where um, they had to check on. Um, mm-hmm. To make sure that Voldemort wasn't going to attack them. Right. And Harry's there, still in his astral form, and Sirius tries to touch him, and <laughs> his hand goes right through him. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. yeah. And Harry has not paid attention to Fox saying, you know, give your news and then go back because this is dangerous, because Harry wants to hang out and watch the mirror and see how things go with the burrow. Harry wants, right. Harry wants to make sure everyone's safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, God damn you, Harry. <laughs> and, uh, Harry, if you kick the bucket, we're all screwed. Fox is, is uh, singing to him and trying to soothe him and things like that, but it's working a little, but he needs to... Uh, and Sirius wants to know if Peter's among the Death Eaters at the birth. And he says, no, he stayed behind with Voldemort and Professor Snape. And Dumbledore's like, you didn't mention Snape, although I wondered why he contacted us. And Harry said he couldn't. Voldemort took his wand, and he's in a full body bind, and he suspects him. And Harry's like, yeah. Well, the Death Eaters suspect him. Voldemort doesn't. Mm-hmm. And Voldemort really doesn't want to kill him. So he, Dumbledore he's thinks he's useful. probably safe enough. Yeah. So as, then, as long as they actually do interfere with this plan and it becomes obvious that Snape couldn't have told anyone, he's fine. Then it's fine. But, so then mm-hmm. um, Shacklebolt comes in and says, it's done. The burrow sustained some structural damage, but it should be fixable. And nobody was hurt. Mm-hmm. Everybody's unconscious, but no one's hurt. Right. And then yeah. Madame Pomfrey suddenly had to leave. Yeah. Madame Pomfrey's like, gotta go, bye! And they're like, uh, where'd she go? Mm-hmm. And then Fox is just like, you have to go home now. Mm-hmm. And he just has disappeared while people weren't looking at him. 
Kat, your timing was perfect. You were like, Madam Humphrey had to, and then you cut out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Harry does yeah. the Batman exit involuntarily. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And now he's seizing because he's returning to his body. And. Except then Voldemort gets mad and he's dragged over there again. Yeah. He's crucio a bunch of people. What? Fools! Yeah. And I love and, Janet here. Just like, hold on, sweetie. I'm right here. You're going to be all right. Just hang on. Steady, Mr. Potty. There, Mr. Potter, there's a good lad. It's yeah. And then he, he eventually wakes up. Um, and he's cold and, and his blankets are missing and he's mm-hmm. wet. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, he lies back with a splash. Wait, splash? What? <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's in the bath, naked in front of Madame Pomfrey. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Oh, boy. Why, Mr. Oh. Potter, if I didn't know better, I'd swear you weren't happy to see me. <laughs> oh, God, he thinks mortified. Because Hedwig has taken his port key to Madame Pomfrey so that she can get back here. Yeah. We have two more chapters. Are we going to continue? Yeah, Might as well finish it. Okay. So then we have Percy, um, who is waking, waking up for a normal day. His mm-hmm. conscience uh, is belatedly bothering him. Yes. And he is bemoaning the fact that, you know, Dumbledore is being an asshole and, you know, he, there's, there's no, Voldemort didn't come, come back and Harry is being silly and, you know, et cetera. My, you know, our, his father is, you know, placating, you know, Harry, he's believing everything that he's been told essentially. Um, and he's just kind of like, you know, like clearly Harry couldn't have been any in any real danger. And of course the ideal that his mother no. relatives mistreated him was pure rubbish, wasn't it? Yeah, wasn't it? What if Dumbledore's right? Shut up. You know, he's talking to himself. But Potter, he's Potter wasn't mistreated. Thinking he about wasn't. It. Um so I think this is the thing is like Percy recognizes the sign that Harry was mistreated, but he's like refusing to believe it because he, much like Fudge, doesn't want his perfect little world to shatter. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and meanwhile, Madame Pomfrey is returning to Hogwarts mm-hmm. after a very long night. <laughs> <laughs> very long night. Yeah. Um, and basically it's, it's going over, essentially, Hedwig arrives with a letter that says, Dear Sir or Madam, I apologize in advance. This letter seems unusual, but I find myself in rather unusual circumstances. <laughs> yeah. unusual. That's an understatement. Unusual yeah. is Harry's middle name. Yeah. So <laughs> Janet has described Harry's symptoms and so on. And so she's gone to look in on him. Yeah. And, and with the end result that we saw in last chapter. Yeah. So it was like, back. it should have. It should have taken an hour at most, and it's just like it's been all night because it's not just that Harry is sick; it's that he's also sick while astral projecting. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And, and Flitwick wants to know where she's been. Did something happen? Um, yeah. And she's like, "Well, I'm fine. It's just I've been in London tending to Mr. Potter," and Flitwick just like his jaw drops. And <laughs> is he for okay? A second, well, of course he is. Yeah, but he's still in London, and she's like, yeah, and Flitwick's like, may I ask why? And they're like, you know, I'm not going to a- answer that just yet. Like, you know, I'm going to wait until everybody else 
biscuits here. Yeah. I'd rather explain that once. Book. Yeah. And then we head back to per- Percy, who has not managed to quiet his brain and decides, all right, he's going to go check on this folder again. Yep. Mm-hmm. Even though he yeah. got it out for them earlier and Put it the back. minister and Professor Dumbledore couldn't open it, so obviously you need multiple Wizengamot members or something. And <laughs> They're trying to figure out how it was sealed because nobody remembers that far back, apparently. Right. They don't keep <laughs> records like that. Um, apparently not. And so, essentially, you know, going through, you know, Mrs. Fig runs into Percy at the ministry. <laughs> uh, or well, no, he's... Percy, yeah, sorry. Percy goes to uh, Privet Drive. He calls her through the flu powder and, yeah. and asks if he can come in. And uh, he comes through and, and uh, he, you know, is your family okay? Because... He doesn't know what's going on. And he's like, yeah, I guess they're fine. Oh, good. And he's, you know, he's got no idea. Now, what can I, I do for you? And she's, he says, well, I'm here on Ministry of Business. And she's like, oh, you want the Dursley's house? Vernon Dursley. And yeah, I just wanted to check up on the current state of affairs. Oh, okay. Well, I don't think anybody well, will notice yeah. you. Let's go. <laughs> she doesn't realize he's on the outs with his family and Dumbledore and etc. And mm-hmm. he doesn't realize that stuff has been going on and his house was attacked. And, uh. Right. Yeah, they're sort of... And Here so we are, Percy, number four. Percy learns I love that how nobody's filling each other in on anything. No. It's so typical of, like, bureaucracy that no one fills each other in on anything. I uh, know. So yeah. he finds out that number four is for sale and he's replaying all these conversations that he's had with Arthur and and Dumbledore in his head. And so he makes a beeline for the census library for Harry's folder. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we skip back to Madame Pomfrey, who is uh, petrified Sirius Black, because right. Sirius got very angry when Madame Pomfrey said that, you know, Harry uh, wasn't coming back. She didn't bring Harry back from London. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He has also petrified Ron, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because Ron is likewise not thinking logically, but has the excuse at least of being 14. Uh, yep. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Ron's like, ah, Dumbledore won't let this happen. And of course, Dumbledore does the unexpected. Mm-hmm. We expect that from Dumbledore, the unexpected. <laughs> yep. So then they have to listen to Madame Pomfrey. Yeah. He says, begin at and the beginning, you know, maybe we'll understand your that... decision to leave Mr. Potter behind. And right. I was trying to explain before. Well, does it not occur to anybody that he can't be moved because he's in just yeah. dire straits? Apparently not. They're not used <laughs> to any medical problem being that dire. Because magic makes fixing things so easily. Harry Potter. <laughs> I know. It's Harry Potter, don't you know this stuff? So, um, they let Poppy talk finally. And she says that uh, this person sent an owl, and I tried to take Potter away, and they flatly refused. So I left them. And she's talking to Hermione because Hermione's like the only person there that's sane and in control. And she's trying, and Hermione's actually putting things together. 
you know, mm-hmm. because, you know, Madame Potter's like, Finally. you know, the, the home of the Muggle family, Mr. Potter, you know, befriended the summer, you know, it's a, it's a mixed family and they didn't trust me um, right. to bring Harry back um, because Harry didn't want to go and Harry's like semi-conscious. So they're, they're not going to do anything that they, um, they, they, that they know Harry doesn't want to do. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And Hermione's like, you know, doing, wearing her, I'm thinking as hard as I can face. Is Harry with an American family? <laughs> and it's just like, yeah. Jesus, it took you six weeks or eight weeks to figure this all, or three weeks, I guess. I know. But it took you this long to figure this all out? <laughs> Harry went shopping with your mother. <laughs> and so they basically figure out that Harry is Jim Patterson. Yeah, and they yep. figure out that he's Ooh. been astral traveling. And Madame Pumphrey's a little worried about that because he was here maybe 10 minutes, maybe 20. Oh, yeah. He stayed out longer than he should have. Astrolink is uh, dangerously overextended, and the stress on his body was significant. So his temperature was really high, and she had to transfigure him into a bathtub, which he was not happy about. And they... They mention astral travel, and you know, Ron's like, what? That stuff Professor Trelawney was talking about? That's actually a thing? <laughs> that can work? Wait a minute. She never tells the truth. Yes, she does. Mm-hmm. But we don't know that yet. And then after this very long story, I can't believe that his best friends took all this time to ask this question, but Hermione asked, is Harry all right? Yeah. yeah. He's on the mend. He's weak and disoriented and Probably no per- pretty sore. But. No permanent harm done. Mm-hmm. And Madame Pomfrey tells the truth that Harry is afraid he, uh, Dumbledore intends to send him back to the Dursleys. Right. And Ron's shocked because in Ron's, you know, universe, like, that wouldn't be possible. But Dumbledore's like, yeah, I, I figured as much. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because I, I, you know, I've missed things that Harry's been saying all along. And, no shit. And Madame Popper's like, yeah, well, that's all of us because he's, you know, he said things to everybody on staff. He said to things to Sirius and Remus. He's, you know, I mean, Mrs. Fig lived two streets down. Like, you know, so basically well, he's said all, you know, he's made idle comments, you know, to all these people. And they, none of them. What's has, he said to McGonagall, though? I don't know if it's quote, but my point is more like that. Like, no, I know, I know. You when, uh, abused kids make comments that like make right. you suspicious, but nobody's been suspicious because Harry Potter could never be abused. My phone is making noise. There we go. <laughs> It's your um, turn to get yeah, but McGonagall And so, and so Sirius, like, you know, you should have forced him to come back, and then we would have sorted this mess out now. And Madame Pomfrey's like, no, you idiots. Harry yeah. Potter, and this is my favorite thing that anybody has ever said, you know. Uh, this may come as a surprise to all of you, but Harry Potter isn't made of stone. Insert clip here. (laughs) Go find that. Uh, uh, But one thing that she does is she gives them the pictures. I'm sorry, that's just so funny. (laughs) I'm 
not made of stone. I'm not made of stone. Yeah, she... What was she talking about? What? I think, like, she... being emotionally moved by a fic they were reading. No, I, yeah. no, I know, but yeah. what was she talking about? I think the, she, uh, she is very analytical when she reviews fic. And Jen's... No, but I'm trying to figure out which thing oh, it was, I and I can't I remember. Yeah, I don't know I what don't episode it was thing. from. I don't think it I ever actually early... listened to whichever one it was. I just it... heard it in the intros. Uh, I... Yeah, it might even have been Melinda's first one. But anyway, or... so yeah. Harry's Harry is not made of stone. Um, and here's and... some pictures to show you that he's okay. Here's some pictures, but, you know, the yeah. only, you know, the rights nearly threw me out. So I I wanted to keep Carrie calm, not to add to his stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they've agreed to come meet Professor Dumbledore at the Leaky Cauldron at some point in a few days. But right. be careful you don't, you know, make them suffer a relapse or I will, you know. You will feel my wrath. Of the, the palm tree will come down upon your head. Mm-hmm. And Fred's the one to look at pictures of Jim and go, yep, that's Harry. He does that all the time. (laughs) Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Blackmail. Definitely. Excellent. (laughs) They find the one of him having to dress Becky's doll and going, you want me to what? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then her mother, Hermione's mother figures out about the contacts. Yeah. She remembers that Harry had color-changing contacts. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't be detected by magic. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think she knew specifically that he bought color-changing ones, but he knew he was looking at them. Yeah. So, so um, we flip to Percy. Yes. Who the ministry um, doesn't open for another hour or more. So, mm-hmm. But because he's the ministry assistant, he has a master key. So he's looking through the P's of all these folders, and Harry's folder... I love these names. Paris, Park, Peabody, Plumtree, Porch, Posternock, Potberg, Poundstone, Pruitt, Hey, Bother. it's Paula! And it's Bother, the librarian must have misfiled the bloody thing. And he starts over, starting with Owens, and searches through the entire... all of the P's. And yeah. he goes straight through Q. It's not here! And then he goes... Nope. Accio Harry Potter's folder, and it's gone. And it's not there. And then we have a meeting at the Leaky Cauldron. Immediate thought is, I have to tell Minister Fudge what's going on straight away. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. You idiot. And we learn why this fo- chapter has been called A Little Knowledge is a Dangerous Thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then we go to meeting at the Leaky Cauldron. And it's, what do you mean you'll tell Harry I said hello? I'll yes, say hello. I'm to my... going with you. And Rivers no, is like, no, not. serious. You aren't. <laughs> because you, are you do bad. not have self control and it will not work well. <laughs> yeah. And Dumbledore I'm thinks it's too dangerous. I'll stay in my Animagus form. Nobody will know I'm there. Yeah, right. Nope. Dumbledore thinks it's too dangerous. Dumbledore! <laughs> Yeah. Serious black and subtle are not things that go together well. No, they no. are not. And he says, I can take care of myself, thanks. And Remus finally gets angry and yells at the yells at him and says, This isn't a game. If you get caught, this will be a lot worse than serving detention for McGonagall. Yeah. yeah. I'm not calling you a coward, I'm just trying to keep you safe. 
And he's like, you're a little scary when you act like this. And he's like, yeah, so listen to me, you geek. I will tell him hello for you. So Sirius is like, yeah, sure, I'm going to let you go. And then Sirius says, fine, I won't go to the Leaky Cauldron with you. Because he's going by himself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) Sirius. Grow up. And we shift to Harry. They are watching... um, or they're looking through some picture books. Right. And Becky isn't old enough for Pepper Up, so while Harry and Kitty are all better, uh, Becky not. is still sick. Yeah. And so they're entertaining Becky. Yep. And then it's time to go to the Leaky Cauldron, so Janet wants to know if everybody's gone to the bathroom. We're getting ready to go. Oh, wait, I need snacks. They're like, we're going to the Leaky Cauldron, there's lots of food there. You never know when you might need snacks. Yes, we skipped over the bit in one of the earlier chapters where Steve and Harry are in the room waiting for Janet, and she'll she'll be a bit. She's gathering. She wants just let and and Steve gets him like I forget what. Uh, It'll be less than ten minutes before she says just in case. She her family calls her Little Miss just in case behind her back. Yeah. And so she's stuffing everything into this bag. This diaper bag, yeah. She needs to get a Hermione bag. Mm-hmm. Including packets of tissues. And then yeah. she and thinks it, of something else. And it's like Steve says, oh, she says, maybe I should bring a book in case they make us wait. And Steve says, if you put one more Hermione. thing in there, I think you might rip the seams. We'll be fine. Yeah. And I, on, I, let's go. I love how Janet... Uh, treated Hedwig and you know oh look who's the smart girl who's the fastest bravest most beautiful owl and Hedwig is like you know well, glaring, yes, glaring well, he's, he's gla- <laughs> she's glaring at Harry saying you know you see this is how an owl is properly appreciated <laughs> <laughs> yep so they make it to the leaky cauldron and it's closed from 2 to 4 this afternoon for this meeting we will reopen at 4.15, and dinner service will begin at 5. Mm-hmm. We regret any inconvenience. And they're like, oh, oh yeah. it's closed. Should we go? And it's like, no, I think we're the meeting. That's for us. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Tom said he'd do his best to think, keep things quiet. So they've set up one of the parlors for them. Or actually, they've, they've set up a table that um, Professor Dumbledore is waiting at. And, you know, they can go over whenever Harry wants to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Gandalf lookalike is Professor Dumbledore? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We're going to have to educate you a bit, Mr. Potter. I wish I could get into those. I can't. They're so good. I can't. I've tried so many times. Hmm. Have you tried audiobooks? It might be easier. I've, I, I've tried like three versions, and it's the same thing with the Harry Potter books. You're all going to kill me for saying this. I can't stand the voices. I just, I can't do it. It's it's because it's not, the, the famous one is not an audiobook. It's a play. It's a, the radio drama. Mm. So there I don't are, think I've done the radio drama. Oh, the radio drama I've is done awesome. The, I've, yeah. no the BBC put it together in like the 70s or 80s, 80s I think. It's like the 80s, okay. yeah. After yeah. the after the, the movie of The yeah. Hobbit. Even Ian Holm actually plays Frodo, who eventually played yep. Bilbo in the movies. Which, oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah okay. so, like, the super fans were, like, exploding because it's like, it's Ian Holm! 
<laughs> oh my I haven't God. listened through the whole thing, but the beginning was pretty good. It's one of my favorite uh, ways to, to listen to Lord of the Rings because they have actors for each part. And so each character has a distinct voice throughout the entire mm. thing. So it's like listening to a movie. Okay. So uh, Dumbledore introduces Harry to... Um... Not Harry. Oh, no. The rights. I can't remember. Oh, the rights. Yes. To Abigail Penstone, who... Um, but also to Harry. Harry. Professor Penstone, Mr. Potter, had registered the Salem Witches Institute. Well, it's because the rights get introduced to everybody, like all the heads of Hogwarts. And then, right. you know, and by the way, Harry, here's Abigail Penstone from the Salem Witches Institute. Who's there because yeah. of the rights, so that makes yeah. sense, too. Yeah. Harry's Honey trying says, to introduce them to everybody and then realize he doesn't know her, and she introduces herself. Mm-hmm. And Dumbledore's like, okay, I guess we should get... Harry's am I getting expelled? And Dumbledore's like, no. No. I don't think you've done any magic, Harry. You know, Harry, just sit down. Let me explain everything. It's going to take a little bit of time. And in the meantime, Remus and the rest of the crew are off in a side parlor trying to watch what's going on and scrabbling for positions. What's happening? Are they there yet, Remus? Let me see Professor Lupin. And Remus is like, I can't hear. They just arrived. They're walking over to the table. And... You know, they want to make sure that the family isn't frightened off by all of you at once. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's basically, Harry never stood a chance. When taken by surprise by 150 pounds of excited dog, he went down like a ton of bricks. Yeah. No. Sirius dog, never seems dog. to realize just how big he is. <laughs> no. And, yeah. you know, uh, it's... Uh, uh, I like Janet this phrasing, is, like, actually. pulling like... Sirius off of Harry. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Remus was beginning to think this might turn out all right after all when a complication showed up. A complication named Patfoot. <laughs> uh, None of these people think things through. No. They're very aggravating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's like, ah, oh, he got me on the phrasing again. I won't come to you to the leaky cauldron with you, indeed. With you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, Tom, uh, yeah, Jan- Tom, Janet is beating stay? serious with her bag. <laughs> Remus is like, you know, I think I'll just let that go for a bit. Yeah, Remus has it coming. Like... <laughs> I think I might have worried him a bit, and she's like, "Your dog was worried." Yeah, well, you don't understand. Yeah. So a dog who understands English? Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> well, I suppose he's magical too. That's yes. right. Yeah, yes. Just a yes. Let's go with the dog is magical. That's just the, the easiest explanation of the dog is magical. Mm-hmm. Also, <laughs> it's, the it's truth. not a lie. Not the entire truth, but it is the truth. No. And Janet's like, "I'm sorry, dog." Mm-hmm. So Janet and the Wrights go with the Salem Witch to uh, Lady and Minerva over to a different table to talk about magical Races. schools. Yeah, and the rest of them talk. Yeah. And Mrs. Weasley does the same lecture she gave the boys when they came home with the car. Mm-hmm. Car gone? Bed empty? Is that you, Harry dear? And finally, after quite Apparently a bit she of- only has one lecture stored up. Well, I think it's, it's like, there's, like, ultimate tension, like, you know. <laughs> like, just like, it's me. Like, I'm here. 
And Steve is like, throw her a bone. Like, say you're glad to see her or something. Yeah. Uh, and in the meantime, Percy has run into the minister's office. So you say the Potter's muggle family and his folder are gone. Yes, minister. The uncle accepted a job overseas, and they seem to have left him behind. You mean alone? And finally, Fudge yes. is getting it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> And then Fudge's, it's high time Harry Potter learned about the Wizarding World and his place in it. And it's just like, what? Like, uh, didn't he already? Yeah. Perhaps we should place him into a magical family this time. I want to make a few calls. And you're going, uh, guess who's like, first on his list? Yeah. <laughs> guess who's going to accept it right away? Mm-hmm. Um, guess then- who's going to be really disappointed? So then mm-hmm. Steve is, you know, sighing. In exasperation, Mm-mm. because they're kind of talking in circles. Yeah. Because it's, where is Harry going to live now? Because the Weasleys want him to come home with them. Like, everybody basically wants to get him to come home with them, but they don't really have mm-hmm. claim to him. And, you know, how to keep Harry safe from Voldemort. And yeah. this is, you know... And they're trying to find the folders so they can explain this is this magic that's been doing weird things in the last little while, but nobody can find the folder anymore. Also, but this is one of the things that I love about Steve. He's looking Harry up and down saying, Harry seems fit enough. It wouldn't be hard to train him in self-defense techniques. I'm like, finally! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but you can't, like... Sucker punch Voldemort. You just, it doesn't work that way. To quote, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. So they're, they're going around and around in circles and they're, they're talking about fudge. Uh, They're trying to figure out where the folder is. All of this stuff is going on. Yeah. And Mr. Weasley saying, you know, I'm glad Percy's conscience started bothering him, but I never thought. He'd go to Surrey and then go tell the minister. And Tom mm-hmm. is explaining to the rights, you know, Percy is one of the Weasley's sons. Obliviate is the spell that erases memories. <laughs> Tom is translating the, for them. The folder still thinks of Harry as a toddler because that's about the time that the folder was sort of turned off. Uh, well, the, and, the folder was basically frozen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was so, muted and left alone and nobody ever updated it. Mm-hmm. And... And so, so uh, they eventually explain, all of you are here because we think the folder might have given you guardianship because you're people that Harry has interacted with this summer since this has started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so uh, they, how does the folder get there? I can't remember. It's in Magic. Janet's diaper bag. Magic. Oh, yeah. Magic. Magic. It's in the diaper bag. Yes. It's come to see them because, you know, they're the ones in it and it wants to, you know, get ratified. It, yeah, mm-hmm. basically it it chose the rights because in in basically the the crux of it that they explain is that um Harry um is 15 and most of them treat Harry like he can't put, you know, two and two together most days. Mm-hmm. So the rights are the only people who treat him like a 15-year-old who, you know, right. gets an opinion of how his life, you know, goes. And they're the only ones who ask him what he wants in anything. So, you know, they, the folder basically chooses him or them with Tom as a secondary. No, you're right. And so they just basically have to sign it. Mm-hmm. Although first we get a wonderful scene with the Weasley twins. Yes, and the magic lights. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and extendable ears. Because Harry has unintentionally fallen into the role of big brother to Kitty and Becky. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he is, Becky is, since Becky is sick, she needs to lay down. And so Fred and George, um, since they're now 17, conjure a cot for, for her. And right. Harry's like, it's not pranked, is it? And they're like, <laughs> we're, 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 we, we draw the line at pranking toddlers. Well, like, that's you know, you've got, you've got good instincts, but we, we're not going to prank Becky. <laughs> She's too young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Harry sings to her to get her to settle down. And or has already sung to her possibly, and Hermione says, "You've got a very good singing voice. Why didn't you ever tell us?" And he just didn't think it was anything important. Right? How, you're not going to deal with Voldemort by singing at him or like dancing or well, anything. I, well, it's also you know you don't know that you have a singing voice unless somebody tells you that. And Dursleys never heard him. The Dursleys aren't going to you know. So mm-hmm. so Harry's Harry's answer of it's not important is, I think, more of, like, you know... That's the first time anybody's said that. Right. Right. He he didn't Mm -hmm. know. But um, we need to wrap this because it's getting dark here and I have to go cover my critters. Sorry, yeah, I've got to... Yeah, so they play with the light ball for a bit, which is fun, and then head on, and um, we we get some more... um, Oh, the, the Weasleys introduce their extendable ears, and we get to hear some of this whole arguing about where Harry should go and who thinks, you know, what the thing is to do, and nobody's consulting with Harry for anything. Of course not. Right, and and I I do love, you know, Janet's like, oh, I understand perfectly, and you're right, Harry needs protection. All I'm saying is he needs to take at least partial ownership of that protection, and Molly is, is, he's just a child! No, he's not. No, he's not. Yeah. And it's just like, and, then, and and Snape is criticizing him, and you know they're, you know, Janet is leaping in and saying, "How can you say that he's, you know, not ready for it? He's done a wonder. He's hidden from all of you all summer without you guys knowing where he was." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so Janet does exactly what I'm trying to do. All right, people, it's getting time to open this back up. Let's get these things ironed out. Like your dog, what's its name? Because I don't even know, but we're going to have to figure out what to do with him. And Stephen's like, well, you can't separate a boy and his dog. And Harry's like, oh, I get to keep Snuffles. <laughs> and That's- meanwhile, Becky's getting a little bit cold now that she's been asleep for a bit. So they go into the diaper bag for her blanket. And hey, what's this? It's got my name on it. Oh, look, it's the folder. <laughs> <laughs> it's the folder. Oh, yeah. And uh, so they sign it. And then, of course, it disappears again. Back to the library. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's the folder is repaired and has come with copies of things, like, backdated so that they can mm-hmm. sign it. And it's got a blood quill to give it extra legitimacy. And so that when Lucius Malfoy and the minister walk up literally minutes later, they can say, oh, yes, we've uh, ratified all this two weeks ago. I'm so, so sorry I took the folder out without uh, letting anybody know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The transfer so, is quite unbreakable, you see. They basically, and they've, yeah, they've signed it in blood, so it's unbreakable. And so, essentially, um, the story that they tell, because wizards only need a story, is that the Dursleys had to move, but didn't want Harry to leave Hogwarts. So what they what they did was they um, transferred um, 
custody of Harry to their friends who were coming to England, but Janet was delayed, so he had to stay at the Leaky Cauldron for a couple weeks. Right. Yeah. And they it included a form transferring his guardianship from Petunia to Janet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God, I'm sure they would have loved to do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and Lu- Lucius is, like, furious because he came this close. Yeah. Missed that it by that much. Just by that much. Mm-hmm. And, and Janet calls Harry sweetie, and Ron's like, sweetie, and... Harry's just like, oh, he's going to take the Mickey out. Ron's like, it's like you have a real mom. It's like, oh. Oh, God, Ron. Yeah. So. Yeah, George says, you're going to have to tell the line now. No more fun to, no more fun for you. Mm-hmm. She could probably do some damage with that purse of hers. <laughs> <laughs> Moms can be dead useful. Dads, too. And little sisters, well, rotten luck there, kid. <laughs> and then Ginny and her body both punch Ron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, And that's as far as we're going to go in this one. Yeah. And Hermione says, like Mrs. Wright said, things will work out. And, yeah. and Harry says, yeah, I think you could be right. Uh, the next chapter, essentially, just some they start a new arc about the, how powerful Harry truly is. And essentially, oh he's it gets a little into Super Harry, but they've set it up you know, so much that yeah. basically like the, the folder um, was what happened was while he was growing magic. and while the magic mm-hmm. is supposed to grow in tandem, the folder was having to pull more and more power, power off of Harry to help him heal. So right. as it was using more power, it essentially boosted Harry's magic because... Right. Basically resistance know, training for magic. Yeah. A really then, horrible way of resisting resistance training, and then they have to deal with um, the after effect of the folder has to pull power from somewhere to protect Harry. Yeah, and now that it's been signed, it's trying to pull it from Janet, who doesn't have Harry's reserves of power, and bad things happen, and they have to work out some stuff to fix it. And right. yeah, and, and then there was going to be more subplots, I'm sure, going on from that, but we didn't it's get abandoned. Any more. And then it got abandoned. Anyway, so, that, I mean, well, yeah. Thank you for putting this on our radar. For pushing uh, it down your throats? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, I, I actually did enjoy it. It's a, it's a, a pretty good, you know, a fun read. And, and it's nice to see kind of where a lot of the tropes have come from and things like that. So mm. I... And it was interesting it. to see... Um, I guess just because it took so long to write, because she started writing it after fourth year, but by this last chapter, fifth year had come out, so they folded in the extendable ears and yeah. things like that. And it, took her se- it took her seven years to write this. Yeah. So I'm going to let you guys finish closing it out. I have to go cover the chicks. Okay. I'll come back up and check on you in a bit, but I'm okay. going to hang up on you now. So just uh, make sure you all say goodbye mm-hmm. at some point. And I'll throw my mm-hmm. goodbye in then, too. Yep. Okay. Bye. Bye. What are you, what are your thoughts, Mooney? It kind of grew on me. I mean, it's not my favorite, but you didn't hate it. It was. It was. I don't hate it. I wish it, there was a little bit more plot per se. Yeah. But you know, it was. I, mean, I don't hate it. Yeah. I'm glad that you didn't hate it because when you first said that you didn't like it, I was a little worried. Yeah. Yeah. It makes more sense once you know what's going on. Yeah. Which that is true of most things, but... Yeah. What do you think, Scott? Closing thoughts? I enjoyed it. Um, I 
I liked it when it was happening. I don't remember. I think um, it. I think it was. It like it became. It went on hiatus while I was reading it. I'm not sure I actually read the last chapter until a while afterwards, and then that got posted up in the Yahoo group or something. Yeah, she um, started having trouble like updating. Mm-hmm. But I remembered enjoying it, and I still enjoyed it coming back to it. There, you know, there are certainly some things that have become tropey now, but I still think they're well executed in this fic, and. Um, it was it was an interesting take on things. This was the first time I'd seen, you know, Harry lives in Diagon Alley for a while. And I think the only time I've actually seen him pretend to be another person, except in, like, mm-hmm. crack fix like Mr. Black. Uh, yeah. Where it's not his decision to do it in the first place. Uh, I, I think this fic sells a lot of things that authors try and fail to do. Like Harry pretending mm-hmm. to be another person... Or, you know, because he's a fairly identifiable person. Um, I like how Harry takes very simple muggle measures uh, to hide himself because wizards are dumb. Um, but they are. all in all, my favorite thing about the fic and the thing that always stuck with me is the fact that I've never liked the Weasleys. And I know there are people that love them. And that's a fair mm. assessment. But the, the the Weasleys lost me when they did nothing um, Harry the su- summer before Harry's second year about Lockhart and the photographer. And they didn't say a mm, word. Yeah. And that was the moment that I said, okay, the Weasleys can't be Harry's family because anyone whose kid is, is being under that kind of pressure would step in. If that were Ron or Ginny or Fred or George... Arthur or Molly would have stepped in in a, in a quick second and and being Lockhart um, yeah. and to hell with the consequences. And so as much as I have loved watching people fall in love with the fact that Harry got to marry Ginny and the Weasleys are his family, like to me, the Weasleys have never been Harry's family. Harry's mm-hmm. never gotten a real family. And so, and especially because Sirius is kind of messed up from Azkaban and Remus has his own issues. Like, Harry needs stable adults in his life, and there aren't very many stable adults in canon. So to have no. the author introduce two people who are extremely stable was a smart choice, I think. Even though they're American and that tr- that's tropey now, it wasn't then. Um, and Harry needs, like, Janet and Steve are exactly what Harry needs. They're practical. They think things through. You know, they, they... They actually notice things. They notice things. Um, they're not, you know, going to jump the gun on things. Like, Janet could have call, called CPS, but instead she, you know, watched and waited to see if Harry needed CPS. They take Harry's opinion yeah. into account. There's, like, a bunch of things that I love about the rights. Um, and the fact that Harry just seems to fit in them um, somehow um, just kind of, like, makes me happy. The fact that, like, Harry has found... You know, and in in if Harry in canon had had a family like the Wrights, um, I would have been much happier with the Harry Ginny pairing. Yeah, it's it, it 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 upset me the fact that you know it's just like and it's perfect because the Weasleys are his family and Ginny is wife and you know it's all of one big happy family. I'm like the Weasleys have never been Harry's family. Like that's never happened. Let's be clear. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, it's, it's, um, I, I've, I rarely see authors pull this kind of thing off well. So it's, when it's, when it's good, I, I like to shove it down other people's throats. And I guess that's, those are my final thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good. I'm, gl- I'm glad you enjoyed this fic, enjoyed it long enough to recommend it to us and, you know, still enjoy it on multiple readings and so on. And hopefully those of you listening have also enjoyed this fic or at least enjoyed our coverage of it next week or in two weeks or whenever we release next, we will be back with a different fic. I believe this one is just going to be a one shot read. It's a couple, it's a few chapters, but enough that uh, we'll only be covering it in one episode. Oh, this is my pick. Nice. Yay. I haven't read it in years. I just remember liking it very much and wrecking it. And then, yeah. Which one was it? I'm having trouble finding the list. The Harry Potter is written by? Ah, uh, yes. That's a fun one. It's a, yeah. you get to see a, the stylings of various different famous authors take on the story of Harry Potter. So come back next time to remember if it's enjoy that. bits and pieces or if it just keeps like telling the story and keeps going with it. I don't remember. I feel like they're mo- they're all they're a series of one shots in different styles. I don't, okay. I don't think they're a okay. cohesive story from one chapter to the next. Okay. I know nothing about this. But again, I remember enjoying it when reading it, but I don't really remember what happens. <laughs> right? <laughs> so we'll see you next week. But um, that has been this episode of Potterfic Weekly. You can find us as always on potterficweekly.com or poofwa.com. That is P-O-U-F-W-A. We're also on Facebook in under the group P-O-U-F-W-A. Until next time, good afternoon, good evening, or good night, everybody. Bye. 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 So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.